Powered from the Perdomo Scott Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 142. Tonight, we welcome back Rafael Nodell, Tobacco Air USA, and Aging Room Cigars as our special guest. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and well-aged for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with tech high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Bono Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And, of course, we want to mention Tabacalera USA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And we want to mention our friends at Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Caro leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, Cuba it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and who's still bringing their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic. Each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest and darkest and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew, the all Maduro Black and Cigar M81 is a rich and powerful but beautifully balanced smoke offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the primetime show as well as the uh, California studios for the Thursday primetime show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is primetime special edition 142. Today is Tuesday, June 20th. 2023. This is Will Cooper in the Perdomo Scott Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm pleased to welcome back my friend. It's been a few weeks since we've done the show, but he's been very busy uh, doing a lot of fun things. He's the one and only Mr. Bear Dupussy. Coop, good evening. Good evening. It's good to be back among the living. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, you uh, I'm, sounds like you got some well-deserved time off. Uh, no one deserved it more than you. Uh, really enjoyed um, 
like when I'd wake up in the morning, you were already in the middle of your day. So it was kind of yeah. cool to see that. Um, and, uh, no, I'm just, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad everyone's back. Sounds like you got, you got a little recharged up, uh, up in the, uh, Scott, Scottish land. So, uh, good. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun trip to the UK. Got to spend a little over a week in Scotland and spent some time in London as well. Like you said, yep. um, I mean, I don't know how much recharging I did. Definitely did a lot of, uh, expensing of it energy. Um, so just so you know, uh, there, um, there's a lot that the UK doesn't believe in state, uh, doesn't believe in, uh, elevators really, uh, stairs is kind of the way it's at. That's Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is fine. It's okay. So, uh, so the William Wallace monument uh, in Sterling has 246 steps from the bottom to the top. What they don't fucking tell you is that to get to the 246 steps, to get to the top of this monument, you have to climb up uh, three quarters of a mile of a hill, like pretty much it's like straight up. So they've got a nice little path for you and everything like that, but it's it's pretty much straight up just to get to the 246 steps. I went through that Mexico City, uh, a climb to the castle was like it was this, it was a gradual slope that went like around this mountain. And it looked gradual, but you were exhausted. And then you got up to the castle there and you climbed steps. So, yeah. uh, and I felt how old I was. So, <laughs> well, that, that would be fine. Right. That would have been fine. Except for there was like, uh, um, I was like, okay, yeah, I did it. This, this surely, this is the worst thing that I will do all trip. And then as my wife likes to do every time we go somewhere, she likes to go to the zoo. And, and so the Edinburgh zoo in Scotland is one of the few places left actually, um, uh, zoos on the on planet that actually have pandas, you know, because those oh, wow. are on loan from China, and uh, we can go over to the details later. But of why it's uh, it's why it's such a big deal and why it's so expensive to have pandas at your zoo, and uh, so uh, Edinburgh Zoo and all its wisdom, which was a fabulous zoo by the way, lots of space, great great exhibits, and and great conservation going on there. Uh, but what they decided to do was put the the pandas at the top of the zoo, and this zoo is on the side of a hill. And I can tell you that climbing up the hill to the Wallace Monument, then climbing up the 246 steps of the Wallace Monument has nothing on the fact of starting at the entrance of the zoo and going up to the top of the mountain to see pandas at the Edinburgh Zoo. It has nothing on that. That was excruciating. So a lot of climbing and uh, well-deserved drinking of scotch, um, some banger tea and uh, some, some, you know, Good old fashioned British and, and Scottish cuisine. So good times. Nice, nice. Fun. Good job. So, hey, let's welcome in another world traveler here. Uh, back yes, to the special edition tonight. Cause this guy's been doing this guy. I can't keep up with this guy either. Uh, he's living the life here. Uh, but really honored to have this guy back tonight. Uh, he's from Tobacco RSA, Aging Room Cigars, Boutique Blends. He's the one and only Rafael Nodal. Rafael, hey, thank welcome you. back. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Bear. But I have to tell you, you cannot say that about the world travel and having a time in my life because my boss might be listening to this one. And uh, <laughs> then he said, you're having too much fun, you know? And uh, so anyway, so listen, thank you very much. Fantastic to be here. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great that you have this Perdomo name uh, across, uh, across the, the studio because uh, one of the reasons that I'm here is because I met this guy by the name of Nick Perdomo. At the time, it was Nick Cigars back in February 23rd, 1999. I believe it was a Tuesday or 
I think it was a Tuesday, and uh, I met Nick Perdomo and uh, bought my first box of cigars. I, I uh, light up my first cigar ever, smoke it with him and his family and Janine and uh, and uh, that's why I'm here in the cigar uh, industry today. So it is fantastic to uh, be here with you guys and have the Perdomo name across because uh, it's very fitting. Very, you know, it's it's excellent, Rafael. I've uh, I've I um. And it's hard to believe, you know, time just goes fast too. Um, oh, you know, getting old. we're all getting old. Um, you know, and, uh, no, we, we, uh, I know I've heard stories. I've heard Nick tell very good stories about you too. So it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to, to have here. I'll um, speak for yourself, Coop. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you and I might be getting older, but Raphael's definitely getting no, older. He's definitely no, he's definitely not. This guy was, uh, that's, <laughs> I want to eat I think like it's that. the cigars. I think it's the cigars and the alcohol. Yeah. By the way, cheers to you guys. I see I see Bear has the 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 dad thing and you have probably coffee there or tea. Yep, coffee. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I have this fantastic run run from the from the land of uh, the volcanoes and the uh, lakes, Nicaragua. So cheers to you. Oh, the good cheers. Good. Cheers, absolutely. So, here, here, I'll drink to that. Absolutely. So I want to, I want to kind of, I, I kind of told you guys this before the show. There's a reason why I wanted Raphael to do this show tonight with Bear in particular. So there's a couple of cigars we're gonna we're gonna talk about tonight, and one of them we're gonna smoke tonight, uh, which is the Aging Room uh, Nicaragua Cuatro Sonata, Cuatro Nicaragua Sonata, and then I want to talk about the Monte Cristo 1935 Diamante. And what's interesting, Raphael, why I, I, I was really intrigued by doing the show with you with Bear is Bear and I actually, those are like sequels to other cigars. Um, the yes. Sonata is the sequel to the Cuatro Nicaragua. Yes. And the uh, Diamante is the sequel to the original Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary. That's correct. Bear and I both smoked those cigars for the first time together. We smoked right. the Cuatro at the, uh, the what was oh, that? Right. Yep. Yeah. And we smoked the Nicaragua on this show. Right. Um, and I know we both had very, very positive reactions to those cigars. And they've become some of your most acclaimed cigars on top of that. So I was like, it makes sense tonight if we do this show to have Bear on because it's, I think it just continues kind of the story we've had with, with exploring these cigars. Well, I have to tell you, for me, it's nerve-wracking, right? So I remember the first time, I think it was during the pandemic, that we talk about doing the, the 1935 and I send you the cigar like yeah, a right. day, and you guys smoke it for the first time. And I remember having Jennifer uh, True, which is uh, mm -hmm. right now my uh, senior marketing director right under me over the marketing department. And let me just tell you, it's nerve wracking because cigars are something very personal. You may or may not like it and this and this and that. And, you know, for me, it's nerve wracking because I ask you specifically, and this is the first time that I've done a media, a yeah. media uh, 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 show uh, to talk about the, 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 the age room Cuatro Nicaragua. And, you know, uh, you guys uh, are for your own people. You have your own belief and you have your own thing. And, you know, we, we talk about what makes a great cigar, and it's so difficult. You have the technical component, which has to be the tobacco well-aged, the, the, the components well-put, 
the, the, the wrapper extremely well aged and fermented. And then there's uh, uh, the, the, the flavors and you may or you may not like it. And it's always nerve wracking with uh, when you go for the first time to someone uh, to say, you know, try the cigar and let me, let me see what you think. So I, I respect you guys, whatever it is, it is. Uh, this hasn't been prepared. This hasn't been it. But I, I trust you guys enough because uh, we did it in 1935. We, and, and, you know, that particular cigar, I felt so good about it. And the 19, you know, the Ayurum Cuatro Nicaragua, we knew we had something special, you know. So we, it's always great to put it out there in the world, you know, for people to see it, uh, to try it and open yourself to criticism or or if people like it. So I appreciate, first of all, you guys doing that. It's not an easy, an easy thing, uh, uh, but I'm open for suggestion and open for criticism. And at the end of the day, we're here to make the best of what we can do. No, oh, appreciate that uh, a lot. I mean, both of those cigars, I know were on end of year lists from mine. Mine, uh, Barry, I believe the Monte Cristo made yours, right? That is correct. Yep. So, I mean, these have been cigars we really, really enjoyed, um, especially so. Um, but I think we both knew when we go back to that aging room at the bear. I remember we were at the Altidus booth. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, this, we, that's, and, that's a really great connection. I, I, lo I love that you did this. This, uh, this yeah. was intentional. Yeah. I said it wasn't a bad thing. And I just remember we, we said this as we came at us and we said this is going to be a hit. I mean, we just knew yeah. that this was something very, very special that you had. And that was the year, Raphael. You had, you had, re, you had done a lot of rebranding on things. Right, right. Mm -hmm. No, no, I remember. And by the way, we almost didn't present the the Asian Cuatro Nicaragua that year at the PCA was at the time was probably IPCPR because we didn't have enough time to put the labels on the cigars that we got. You know uh, how it happened. And I told my company, "Don't worry, we got it." And I went to my family, and uh, you might see some picture of those in Facebook. I got my whole family, including some people visiting from Cuba, my aunt and my uncle, and everybody for five days, all they did about, you know, 12 hours a day, put labels. And uh, we took it, my kids and I, we took it in, in, in briefcases to, the, to, uh, to Las Vegas, and we were able to present it. And, you know, I, you know, it shows that although we're part of a big company, we, we are really dedicated to our craft and it's a family affair at the end of the day. So that was an amazing, amazing uh, occasion, you know, that we did. Yeah, no, I mean, and as, as someone who once put bands on cigars, it's, it's not an easy task. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's no, not. It's I mean, it's like, it's like it is hard. <laughs> trust me. I just I, I thought it was hard rolling this going believe me it's hard but I'm like oh the band part's gonna be no it was really hard I was like I can tell you my mom you know God bless her um she had been coming out of uh, a lot of illnesses and she has been doing that for us in a lot of shows and and I, I visited her today and I said you know we're going to the show we're going back to the PCA we're gonna go back and I say do you need some bands to be put on the cigar no we got it mom we got it we got it, <laughs> this year, this year we got it. so I mean you know it's God bless her this is yeah. a family affair and, and and this is how we do it right a absolutely absolutely so uh we're gonna Real light quick. up 
Go ahead, yeah, Dan. real quick, before we do the honors of lighting up, just just to go back to the the uh, the original here, Raphael. You know, it's 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 giving you like Cooper saying, it's giving you so much acclaim, being you know number one scar of the year and everything. When it, look, you've made you've made dozens of cigars at this point in your career. Um, it's I mean, it's and I know every time every project's important, and I know every cigar is special in its own way and own right. When, what does it actually, what does it actually feel like when, like, you know, when someone tells you, like you said, I, I know how special that night was when we did the, the Monte Cristo 1935 show. And like you, you I know you were, you told us you were nervous. And, and when Coop and I both liked it, I knew it, I knew it, I know it, you know, meant something to you uh, sincerely and with a lot of, you know, gen, you know, a lot of genuine sincerity. So. Um, when it's recognized when a cigar like the, the original Quattro Nicaraguan is recognized like it was given arguably one of the highest reward it can get in this business. Right. I mean, to, not to take anything away from me or mine or Coop's lists, but it's a pretty prestigious recognition. Absolutely. I mean, what, what is that? Uh, how does that, how does that, how does that, does that complete the circle? How does that make you feel at the end? Like, obviously it's a great honor and makes you, you're thrilled to death and you're happy, but like, like what is it all, how does it all come together? Well, you know, it's a great question because, um, you know, we don't make the cigars to get the ratings or to get uh, acceptance, right? So a long time ago, I made a decision to make cigar for me and whatever happens, it happens. But let's not kid ourselves, you know, we don't have the Oscars, right? Since this is our Oscar type of thing. And, you know, <laughs> you know, got the Golden Globes and some of the others. And, uh, you know, for us to be recognized for the work that we have done and for our vision and our dedication and, and then to have, you know, a panel, the very prestigious uh, award saying, you know, hey, guys, you, you, you know, we recognize you as, as an important uh, part of the industry. And just to be, listen, just to be like, you know, I, I see the Oscar, right? And the people say, just to be nominated is fantastic and things like that. And which is true, just to be, I mean, listen, just to be a great rating. And, you know, you're talking about today I was with, I, I sent Will a picture because I was with a net. Nestor uh, uh, Placencia, and then to be on the same the same label, never on the same label, but you know to be present on the same sentence, you have amazing people like Padrons and Nestor Placencia and, uh, and Nestor Perez Carrillo and uh, you know Alex Riley and Perdomo and some of the others. Just to be on the same label is a recognition. Uh, it's a dream that we had to, to make what we do. And it's, you know, so it's an acceptance. And more than anything, uh, for me, it's an opportunity to tell other people, right, consumers, uh, give us a platform and give us uh, a visibility, which is an amazing visibility of, uh, of the work we do. At the end of the day, the consumers are the ones that talk with their money. Uh, and, and, and they like it or, or don't like it. But the agent room, first the F55 that we did many years ago with, uh, with uh, Jose Blanco in, uh, in Tabacalera Palma, got the number two that year was the number one uh, Cuban cigar. And, uh, you know, so we were the number one here, but it still is number two. For me, I needed a number one, but I competitive. 
and uh, I, I want uh, to be to be on that. And at the end of the day, listen, we do our work. We wake up every day. We work with people that have passion and dedication. And for me, it's a lifestyle more. You know, you see my picture. But uh, for more than anything, it's uh, a possibility to create moments for the consumers and to create experiences for the consumer. So to be recognized, uh, uh, it's great to be nominated, but I have to tell you, to be right there, yeah, it is, uh, it is, uh, it is, I made it, you know, do I have anything? Now, uh, I'm competitive, so Nestor has two or three, and Padron has like four, I would never reach that, but hey, maybe I can have one more on me, right? So one and more, and uh, so it's a great question, Bear, because uh, it's for me was an amazing moment. I said to myself, I can retire. I made it. I can, you know, for now on, it's just a gravy, right? Uh, but it actually gave me a lot more, uh, more energy to continue because I was kind of validated. You know, I remember my, my friends, uh, uh, let's validate, let's validate the, the, the cigar from, from Adrian Novosa. Uh, and, you know, so I, I see, you know, let's validate. And for me, it was a validation of everything we have done, the, the difficult times, the great times, the friendships that we have made and everything we have done. That's like, awesome. That's awesome. We're, we're going to we're gonna light up the Sonata and we're going to be talking about it. But, um, you know, Rafael, it's hard to believe um, it's six years since you've basically, you know, formed the alliance with uh, Altidus and Tobacco USA from your company, uh, Boutique Blends, and you've you've kind of been doing this dual role ever since. But this is still main. This is still the company and the brand that you founded, um, and you've had great success with it. You know, and I think um, you know Aging Room. I think Aging Room has obviously been the brand that you've had that's probably had the longest staying power. It's just as it's just been uh, an amazing, and you've worked with some great uh, people uh, over the years with this. This one's worked on with AJ Fernandez, right? Um, so we're gonna we're gonna light this one up right now, and uh, then we will uh, we will get into uh, the smoke here. But um, this is the I want to the 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 vibrato the vibrato, which vibrato. is a yeah, fifty-four yeah. by six. Yep. vibrato is a form of music. So every you know I you know I'm a musician. I'm a, a frustrated musician because I didn't continue the musical part. At least in the cigars, I can name at least the cigars on that. And vibrato is a uh, it's a term that I use, especially in violin, which I am, and, and many other strings, where I should be vibrate the, the, the notes in order to get more sounds. It's a vibration, vibrato, which is an Italian for vibrate. And, uh, and we call it vibrato because uh, it's, it's actually each of the, the vitolas. I have a specific musical term. This one vibrato, 54 by 6. I have, since the swag days, I have always done the 54 by six in every single line. The first one was, the, yeah, the first one yeah. was the swag and it was infamous with my stepson, whose uh -huh. birthday was yesterday. And, uh, and I made a commitment. I wanted to have a 54 by six because I started, I started uh, blending on a 50 by six. Then I changed to 52 and now every single blend start with a 54 by 6 so although we had a fantastic uh, ratings in some other 
uh, and some other Vitolas, the 54 by six is a standard that I have in every single project that I do. A little, a little something that we don't talk a lot about it, but it's every single project as that. I just Googled a few of your cigars and yes, he's not, every one of them has a, a 54 by six. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the swag Sobe edition here and uh, yep, yeah. that one had it too as a, uh, Yep, this is the Adrian. So, so good job, Rafi. Yeah, the swag, the swag Sobe in the fifty-four by six was my favorite. Oh, that was an incredible cigar. Um, it was called the Infamous, and it was in, in my name in, in the name of my stepson. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's a it's a producer and a writer and a composer, and uh, it you know it's infamous. So I decided to do that. You know, the little thing. Everything we do in our blends are very personal. Why everything has little stories here and there. Uh, but we want to be cons- constant and and true to our to our uh, you know to to who we are. Yeah, that's uh, I I could totally uh, understand that, and I totally have seen that over over the years. Um, but let's kind of go back to you know we were talking about the aging room quattro, the original Nicaragua. So every great cigar should have a sequel. So obviously you you had an idea for a sequel. What was kind of this vision that you had with this cigar? Um, in, in terms of introducing it, what were you looking to do at this point with it? It was nerve-wracking, right? Because <laughs> just like in 1935 or the Monte Cristo 1935 or the Asian Cuatro Nicaragua, how do you come after something that has been extremely well-received? How do you a sequel? You know, yeah. you know, you talk a little bit about songs a lot and, you know, some movies and, you know, sequels are never, you know, the best they can be, you know? So I, you know, so it was nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking uh, because we put a lot of, you're right, we put a lot of blends, especially for Altadis. We have, a, we have an amazing portfolio and every single one is my kid, right? So we do it the best we can within the, the philosophy of the brand. And we have, for the last five years, developed a philosophy of where we want to go with every single brand, not only with the, with the look and the formats and what have you, but also the flavor profile. And it, and it was nerve-wracking because the Agent Room Quattro was well accepted, but it, it's, it's a brand, uh, it's a blend that is uh, more aggressive, has a lot of tonalities, uh, changes, uh, 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 you know, so if I'm talking about a musical term, a symphony that you have, you know, a, a strong uh, themes, a strong notes, and a strong variations. And then we said, listen, for the sonata, because of the musical term, which is what sonata is, a musical term, we wanted to have subtle changes. We wanted to have more sophisticated, uh, not for everyone was the 19, the, the, the either the 1935 or the, or this uh, agent room quadro was more aggressive, and, and this is more sophisticated, I feel, right? I, you know, I don't know. It is a more sophisticated, uh, a little subtle notes, right? So not such many uh, big variations, right? So it's a subtle notes and you, that you have to pay attention to it. And that's what we tried. But it's nerve-wracking after amazing hit. Uh, what do you do? You know, it's, it's not easy. Right. But the technical part has to be there. Yep. The tobacco is amazing, uh, has been aged tremendous amount of time. Um, we wanted a medium, 
a million. The other one, the in Rome, Cuatro Nicaragua is a million to full. Uh, this was a, a, a million. So that means uh, um, I, for me, it's better to blend a, an aggressive cigar. I am better at it. Uh, so this for me was a challenge uh, that uh, I'm both, by the way, the 1935 Diamante, right? So there were challenges uh, that I took in because I wanted to have a fantastic cigar that is a, a broader uh, consumer base and they can enjoy it even if they don't like a medium to full cigar. But one thing that we wanted to do the aroma, if you notice the aroma of that tobacco, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. these are all extremely well-aged tobacco, well-fermented. The construction, hopefully, in your cigars is that, you know, what we try to do, because uh, at, at A.E. Fernandez, what we did on this uh, and all the A.E. room uh, and Monte Cristo, we have lowered the amount of cigars the rollers can roll uh, in order to have more, more uh, better quality, you know, uh, and, and more attention to details. So that's what we try to do. Now, did we, uh, did we um, uh, succeed? I don't know, it's, it's, you know, we'll see in, in, in a couple of years, but uh, that's what we try to do. I wanna go back to something here for a second, Rafael. Did you say that, I don't wanna mischaracterize your words here. Did you say that, ye, that you're not good at at blending more nuanced cigars that you're better at more aggressive cigar it's more of a challenge to me it's more of a challenge to me okay it's more of a challenge to me i was gonna say um i was like i i with all due respect i disagree with you i think i think you i think you blend uh complex nuanced cigars insanely well uh I, th I go back to the i go back to the fortissimo so it's still probably my all-time favorite cigar that you've ever made uh, that was that was unbelievable. Oh, that was, was oh yeah, that was I an unbelievable the, cigar. The M M nineteen twenty and twenty one. I just got a a box. Uh, someone, which by the way, someone, the person that sent me the box is listening. Please, thank you. And you know, I don't know, I don't know who it is because he sent me a box, which I I, I it, it didn't it didn't uh, say who it was. But thank you very much. Uh, Got a box of that. Um, when we started those projects, so we wanted to have boxes um, kept, right, uh, for the future. And um, and unfortunately, we didn't. And uh, so the other day, about three weeks ago, I received a package in my house. It's not even the office, in my house, uh, with a box of the original Fortissimo. Uh, wow. and um, you know, I, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I have no idea who it is. I came from North Carolina. That much I know. Uh, but Coop? I no it it it. No, it wasn't me because I would have kept that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really appreciate it. But, you know, thank you. Thank you for, yeah. for that. Uh, and we call it Fortissimo, by the way, on that one. And many people came to me and said, you know, it's not as strong Fortissimo in music mains means very strong but i think what we tried to do it was not as strong in the sense of aggressiveness it was a strong as of flavors mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. overall yeah. rounded of the cigar and uh you know so you know we 
you know, that, that, that's what we try to do. Now, sometimes we don't make, you know, I remember the, the uh, I think, age room Havao, for example. I had one the other day, we still have in that office uh, uh, things and, uh, you know, some cigars, and it was a, a Connecticut wrapper. But uh, for me, it's not the issue. You know, for me, it was easier to do the Olivero sex self-ferment, you know, yep. uh, more complex and things like that. But as any, as any musician or any person in your, in your work or for anybody, you try to, uh, you try to learn and progress and uh, evolve. And, um, and uh, you know, for me, it's not the easiest one. I tried and, you know, we, I'm nerve wracking, right? I'm nerve wracking uh, doing this. But at the end of the day, we have to do it because uh, I think uh, we're better for it. Rafael, this is a regular production offering, right? So this is going to be ongoing production. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It yep. is, it is, it is. We have plenty of tobacco. Um, I have to tell you, my partner, AJ Fernandez, which is an amazing cigar maker, an amazing grower. Every single one of these leaves are grown by him. Uh, one thing that I helped is that I've been visiting uh, these leaves every year for many years, and I've seen how they, they evolve. And, and I think that's why that's why we are able to do so many blends because we had we know where the the bodies are are buried right. We know what we want to do. So we want to do something. We know where to start looking. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a fantastic. Because at the end of the day, you know, guys, you try these blends, but we I had to tell you we had this is the most. Uh, 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 that I ever done in terms of blends. We changed these that at AJ, I thought it was going to kill me because we kept changing and until the last day of production that we were set to start final production, we were changing these things and uh, it was nerve-wracking. Uh, AJ has to come and say, listen, this is it. We cannot change it anymore. We are starting tomorrow production. That's it. Let's, let's finalize it. And, and we did the night before the production started. So, yeah, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. You know, Rafael, you were down at Puro Sabor this year. Um, I was down there. And, you know, you talk about A.J. Fernandez, and we all know he's making great cigars. But, you know, when you go see A.J. Fernandez, and I'm sure you could probably tell this better than I can, the one thing that I'm, I'm always amazed about is he is really into the whole agriculture and farming piece. As much as you – like he's into – and he's really into it in the factory, you'll see. But but he – you can see him at the farm. He's really into that piece as well. Everything is stars. Yeah. Everything is stars at the the farming right everything starts with the preparation of the soil the right seed variety and he has embraced these things that used to be done in cuba which was uh he only grows certain varieties in a specific farms yep. uh, he's gone on a lot of time adjusting which variety works better in each of his farm and then he goes with that one and he never changes so i know that every year we can go to this farm and this growing uh, area, and he has the same variety every year. And that has allowed us to continue, uh, 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 continue to, to have that consistency. Because if you smoke that agent room, Cuatro Nicaragua, 
listen, many years before, you know, it got the number one and after it got the number one, if anything, I would like to say that it got better for me. It got, you know, uh, it, 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 it did, better, yeah. got better. Uh, and normally, you know, that that's not the, that's not the normal, you know? Yo, it's, it's very, very, it's very true. Um, I, you know, and Bear and I are really always into aging cigars. So that's something we, we, we love to do. Um, and we, you know, we like to see when the cigar hits its peak and, and things like that. So, and I can tell you that the aging maker hours have definitely aged very well. Um, you had, you had a little bit of a, um, I mean, the bump you had, which was a, a tough break in some ways, but maybe it was in the long run, not a bad break, but the pandemic, um, I, even though you probably moved a lot of those cigars, I think what you probably didn't get to do is have that, you know, that, you know, you, you love being in the shops and I'm sure you probably would have been in a lot of shops doing events with that cigar afterwards, getting the number one. That was probably the one thing that, you know, that unfortunately that it couldn't happen right away. That, that is true, man. You know, we had, you know, God is it's, it's a phony God. I am a believer. Uh, but, uh, you know, you guys know that I love to take vacation and I love to enjoy life. And I told, you know, we, my wife and I, something that we made a decision many years ago that I can work as hard as I want. Uh, but, you know, vacation time is vacation time. And, uh, and that year I told my wife, listen, honey, I doubt I'm going to see you the whole rest of the year. <laughs> I, I'm going to have events. And I started. It was March 10 in New yeah. York City. Oh, yeah. At the, at the, at the Havana. Uh, 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 Grand Havana Room. Grand Havana Room. Yep. I, had, I had that dinner on March 10. Then 11, I have Miami. 12, I Miami. And uh, at 13 was the closing of the whole yeah. year. The, and, and I didn't do any more event. And I told my wife, I'm sorry. And then you I'm saw your wife every you. day. <laughs> I'm going to see you a year from now because we had at that time, you know, by the time we started production, we, you know, we sold everything right. when it, it got released, uh, the, the number one. And, um, and, and, and AJ worked extremely hard. And March, we got enough cigars that I was doing events. I had... I had event from March to June every single day of the year, every single day. And God, funny God, I I came back uh, that Friday. I think it was the 12 or 13. And my last event was uh, aficionados in Miami in the Pember Pine that I thought I was going to die. Right. Because it was, oh, my God, everybody. And I stayed at home for a whole, whole year. And um you know, it, it was it was hard because yeah. you know I wanted to do I was talking to great cast, right? So this is a good friend. I'm talking to great cast. Said, you know, you have done this uh, this tour, right? Which is what I intended to do. I said, my God, this is my moment. This is what what you know I've been waiting for my whole cigar career. And, uh, and then you know, but you, what I learned. Uh, Will and, and Bear is that, um, you know, I came from Cuba in a boat. Uh, I, I, what I learned is to, uh, to embrace the challenges uh, and to say, what can we do? And then we went into doing, the, you know, these events in, in social media and virtual events. And, uh, and we released as a company, amazing cigar. Listen, 
we released not only the 19, the, the 1935, which was released in the middle of the pandemic, yep. we released the Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua. Oh, we yeah. The, the, yeah. the A. Shortman Heritage, the, the, the Trinidad number two. We have released some amazing brands in the middle of the pandemic, um, uh, just because we had started before, right? So we had all these things coming, uh, but it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge. Sure. It, uh, I mean, you, I think you guys, like I said, did did really good. You, I remember you were doing the uh, the Cigar Life uh, podcast for a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You know. Well, let's not forget that the aging room actually had an ex- got an extra month of being a number one cigar, unlike its that processors. helped. That helped because yeah. in the third January was a, a, was an right. I think yeah. it was December eighteenth, something like that. So you know, it was like two days or something got, before they got, right. That that's good. That was good with that. Yeah, uh, I mean, extra, extra, well, extra your month out of it because yeah. they they went they went a month yeah. later. Yeah, I got I got to throw one other cigar in there, Rafael. And it's I think it's a little bit of a sleeper, but but I know I'm a big fan of it. My friend Eric at Cigar Dojo, we love that epic. That epic twelve. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What an amazing cigar, and you know it just shows what the group of the maestros, that team you have in the Dominican, what they can do. I mean, with you, that just that was a that was just a home run in my book. Oh, absolutely, and uh, and we did it also in the pandemic, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, because, and you, you know, know because of nineteen thirty five, which is right right around the same time, you know, a little after. Right. Yeah. Right at the end of the day. Go ahead, go ahead, Barra. I was just gonna say, if we're talking about great cigars released during the pandemic, we can't discount uh, the Saint Louis Ray Carreñas. Oh, so, yes, oh. yes, yes. Yeah. What, by the way, we have a follow-up coming this year, which is an amazing. Oh cigar. wow! Oh, oh man, don't tell so, me that. So when I was with you, Raphael, right? Um, remember when I went and we were hanging out, uh, with, you know, at your place, and you gave me some. And I took a, and I was on vacation. I was going back to Orlando on vacation with my family. My boys and they they devoured that box. So I was, they just went. They all loved it. So, and well, some of them smoke, is, some of them don't. Very yeah. Cuban, you know that cigar is very yeah. Cuban esque yeah. in 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 uh, in a style, right? It's if there's anything Cuban esque, you know, I don't know how to define that. Yeah. But uh, for me, that's what I was trying to, like I did with the Bohem a long time ago yeah. and La Bohem and things like that. So mm-hmm. we wanted to do that. It's, it's a challenge to our factory because we wanted to do a specific thing with a specific tobacco and things like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I am here talking to you guys, but there's a whole team of people, right? Yeah. That all they do is wake up and talk tobacco whether it's at our third parties, like we called A.J. Fernandez and Placencia, like it is at Tabacalera Garcia with an amazing new factory, which I, I hope you guys visit soon, and or or Flor de Copan, which is a factory that have been, you know, 40-some years, you know. So we yeah. have an amazing death. Uh, sometimes it's lost, you know, sometimes that's lost right. because uh, there's some family business uh, and things like that, and it's more sexy and more personal and things like that. And this is a group of people. But I can tell at the end of the day, it is it is a lot of hard work. It, it really is. And, um, you know, we've been on our show, our team's been very, um, you know, we've really appreciated the job I think you've, you've brought to Altidus, uh since you've gotten it. Because, I mean, there's just been 
they've always had really good cigars, but I think in the last five or six years, I mean, there's been just some amazing cigars that you guys have come out with. They've gotten ratings. I see people enjoying them. And the other thing, Rafael, you mentioned this earlier. I think you've done a great job at brand delineation, which I, you know, I'm not trying to be critical of other people. I'm just going to say Altidus is doing brand delineation really well. I, I don't feel like you're releasing when you when you release a Romeo and Julieta, you may make it at AJ, but it has the it has like the vibe of a Romeo and Julieta is what I'm right. saying. It seems like you you guys have nailed that really well, and, well, and I, I know as a smoker, I appreciate that. Well, well not to, just to piggyback on it, what what I appreciate, Raphael, and you can probably add some commentary to this to to, to Coop's point, is that like, um, you you don't you you don't bastardize it like you the the branding you don't get cute you know with it you don't do something just like off the beaten path just to do it now the monte cristo nicaragua 1935 that we're talking about was completely different than any other monte cristo it's the my favorite monte cristo that i've ever smoked and i was a huge fan of the platinum still am but like it was such a it went it completely went off the off the i guess the path a little bit but it didn't do it in an offensive way like it wasn't it, yeah. it you didn't you didn't make a cartoon character out of it you didn't make it cute you did something just i i mean you took it into a direction that i just i i i man i just really appreciate what y'all yeah. did with that yeah. it was just it was just great well, I, I have to tell you, up and thank you. I it feels good to hear that because you know one of my overall best day in the whole industry was uh, the big smoke in uh, in Florida uh, in Hollywood uh, last year. In in uh, actually, uh, well, uh, yeah, last year, um, and we had a, a Monte Cristo roundtable, but it ended up being. Uh, uh, Benji, for, Benji Menendez and myself uh, talk about Monte Cristo. And he talked about the Monte Cristo before because, you know, they made the Monte Cristo at H. Shortman in Cuba. And, and then I talk about the Monte Cristo where we were going. And that was, again, nerve-wracking because you're talking about an amazing guy, which, by the way, he just had the Sonata. Uh, Benji had the Sonata this, this Saturday before Father's Day in his house. <laughs> And uh, he, at the time, he told me at the end of the, the, the conversation, he said, Raphael, I think you got it. Because our, what we wanted to do, he and I, was an interpretation, a reinterpretation of what we thought the tobaccos must have been. And if we did something at that time, what would have been? So what we're trying to do is, is pay homage to to the amazing brands and people that came before. You know, I don't want to do it in a, in this type of case and gimmick things and what have you. At the end of the day, it has to be a great cigar. That doesn't mean that we always, uh, we always succeed, but at least I can tell you we are trying to be true because, you know, we're not the owners of Monte Cristo. We're not the owners of Romeo and Juliet. We are stewards of Monte Cristo and Romeo and Juliet. All, all I wanted to do was not to destroy it, right? And then second goal was to make it a little bit better for the next generation that will be in charge of such an amazing yeah. brand. And that's all I wanted, you know, not not too big of a thing. We just don't want to fuck it up. That's what we want. We don't <laughs> want to fuck it up. 
It, it, and if we can make it a little bit better, okay. But not fucking it up is the most important thing, goal that I have. That's it. You know, that's high praise, Rafael, to hear that from Benji Menendez. I mean, this was his, you know, that was his brand at one point, you know. Yeah, his family. His family's, that's a huge, that's got to be huge. I mean, the, 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 that's yeah. that's wonderful to hear that. You know, the other thing I think that you're starting to see with Altidus, um, and in particular, you know, a lot of the blends that you've you produced is now, um, now you're seeing, you know, we talked about the aficionado list, and it's hard to not ignore that, but we're starting to see these cigars now land multiple times, uh, uh, multiple years on this list, like Romeo, the Reserva Real Nicaragua, landed last year twice uh, last year number nine, CR number nine. and quattro's actually landed in the top 25 more than once already so mm-hmm. i think that's a that's something now with the this is why i think the work you're doing it's really showing because now you're producing not just great blends but you're producing lines that are just getting consistent ratings and i think that's as a cigar maker that's got to be the, the ultimate you know that's the ultimate i would feel I, well, i've talked first, about of, that. first of all i hope I hope uh, my boss, uh, Javier Estades, is still listening to this yeah. and is listening to that uh, because, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's in, a, in a funny way, but we, we have a dream. We have a dream. And since I started here, I did, you know, this, this, uh, this thing that you talk about it at the beginning, which is great things are happening here. And, uh, you know, it, we wanted to make believe, right? So we wanted us to believe because, you know, the truth is big companies sometimes don't get the, uh, you know, the attention or the respect sometimes they deserve because they talk about quantity. Oh my God, you always think about quantity. But a cigar uh, is something that we do one at a time. We may make a lot of one cigar, but it's one at a time. And, 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 and uh, you know, we, we try hard. Uh, we try hard as anyone can try. Sometimes we fail short and we go back to the, to the rolling table and we try to make it better. And uh, we have some great success, as is the case of the Shulman Barbier that we just released. You know, it's a, it's a double wrapper and things like that. But um, it's which is something I've been done in the industry or the Romeo and Juliet uh, uh, twisted. So we try, we try very hard uh, to earn the respect uh, and, and the appreciation of the consumer. Sure. No, I, I think, you, you know, and I think you guys, uh, you have great tobacco. You've worked with you've worked on the other end of the things, doing very small batch releases with some great factories and some small factories. Um, and I think, you you know. With the tobacco you guys have at, at um, you know, at your disposal, Tobacco Erda Garcia and, and AJ Fernandez and Florida Cabana, I mean, in all these other factories, Placencia, you're, I mean, that's got to be that. That makes it easy in a lot of ways because you have the great tobacco. Now you just got to get it to fit and work. Absolutely, and listen, as a company, we don't have a factory in Nicaragua, so we have Dominica, which is an amazing factory. Yep, uh, I've been there for a long time. We just got a new factory. In Honduras, we have Flor de Copan, which has also been there for a long time, but we didn't have a Nicaragua. So to have the number one cigar of cigar aficionado, aging room, Cuatro Nicaragua, and to have the number two, uh, 1935 Montecristo, 1935 anniversary, also for Nicaragua, for us was an amazing because we, uh, what I decided when, well, that's why they brought me to expand 
to expand on, on the Nicaragua origin. And now having the factory and have a more uh, have a relationship with uh, you know strategic partners, uh, which they make their own brand. By the way, this is, this is something you know they make their own amazing brands. Yeah, and and to be able to get the best we can, it talks about relationships. It talks about what the industry is is really is really composed of, which is an amazing people and uh amazing relationships yeah no uh, that's that's great um i mean i know you've had some great relationships with a lot of folks over the years you know uh, i remember the old uh Oliveros all-stars with ernesto that person oh what an amazing oh cigar that was <laughs> yeah oh, oh my god i went to you know it's a uh, you know they, there's a store where, where i met with uh you know uh, with uh nestor placencia today it's called family tobacco uh, shop, a smoke shop in in Miami, and they had a box. Oh of, wow! Of All Star, they didn't let me buy it. I wanted to buy it, and I, you know, please, I buy it. Uh, you know, and they said, no, we have it closed. We're not opening yet, and we just want to keep it. <coughs> and that was amazing. Or when I went to another store and I saw the 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 Oliveros. Uh, uh, it was the Oliveros Black Knight, right? So it was, you know, yeah. Uh, oh, King wow. Havana, the King of Anos, yeah. King of Black yeah. Knight, uh, that that I found. Uh, by the way, I think I've been, you know, I've improved on those, in, in, you know, uh, personally in the blends. But you know, they were not bad blends. They were, you know? they were good blends. Those those old uh, King of Anos, I love those. Um, those, those those little, you know, those four by sixties were really cool. I used to smoke at those. Oh a lot. yeah, the gesture. <laughs> That was the gesture. Yes, yes, yes. That was trying to, you know, follow up on what amazing job that Oliva did, right? On the knob and what have you. Yes. It's a different concept uh, that we try to do. But at the end of the day, you know, we don't copy, but we we, we do love when other people make amazing, yeah. you know, amazing things. And we just wanted to, uh, to have a variation of those yep. things. That's good. I want to turn this conversation back to the Sonata a bit. Uh, Bear, what are you seeing your impressions of the Sonata? Um, I think I think uh, Raphael's dead on with this. It, you know, I think the my initial impression of the Quattro Nicaragua when we first smoked it that day in the in the booth at IPCPR a few years ago, and like that, what really grabbed my attention about it at the time to to Raphael's point about earlier when we were talking about nuanced and power, like it was a powerful cigar, like it it smacked you in the face in a good way. Like it yeah. was really like, wow, like, yeah. okay. Like this, this is, it was, it was one of those cigars that kind of just hits you from the get. As soon as you light it up, the flavors on point, it hits you just the right way. Like a lot of cigars, when you light them up, most cigars that, that kind of have a hit or a pop, it, it's not necessarily pleasant. You know, it's usually abrasive. And I think that was one of the most surprising things about the Quattro, the original one was just like, okay, like it hit you and like, it was already there. Like it was already cooking is, you know, on first light. Yeah. The difference with this one, the Sonata is, and I, I think, I think what, what lends favor to this blend is your preconceived notion of that. Like if you smoke the Quattro Nicaragua and you like it or don't like it or whatever your opinion of is it, you, if you're expecting that, or if that's in the back or in the forefront of your mind when you light this up, you're going to be really surprised because there is no pop. It doesn't, right. it doesn't kick you in the face right away. 
there's a lot more subtlety to it. Like you were talking about the aromas of the, sm the smoke and I really picked up on, there's this really beautiful leather component to it in the, the aroma of the smoke. Um, the yeah. flavor through the first third and I'm into the second, I'm into the, the halfway point of it pr pretty much now. Um, what I really like about it is like you said, it is very subtle. Um, there is a lot more, it is, it is a much more nuanced blend comparatively speaking. Like it's, that's, it's not a mild cigar. Um, I'm not, it's not that, it's not that completely different. Um, but it is really different in a beautiful way. There's a lot more subtlety to a lot more nuance. I'm getting a lot of nougat sweetness. That nougat sweetness uh, is exactly yeah. what I'm getting. Yeah. Uh, the leathery smoke that we talked about, the, the coop, this is, should be right up your alley. That retro hail is nice and short, but it's got it some beautiful flavor love a short retro i'm the guy who likes a short retro hail yeah um i don't typically but I, what i like about it is it's it's all there and then it's gone so it kind of keeps you coming back for yeah. more which is kind of nice um like the uh the earthiness of it um that's not like there's cigars that are just like a mouthful of dirt this is balanced it has the right amount of earthiness that yep. is offset by that sweetness that we were talking about. The pepper is there, mm -hmm. but again, it's more subtle. It's not in your face like the Quattro Nicaragua. Um, it's no, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Um, uh, thoroughly enjoying this. It's completely, it was not what I was expecting at all, which I love being surprised, man. Coop can tell yeah. you, I love being surprised about yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I agree with most of what Barrett said. I'm definitely getting, I get some spice on this cigar, but it's like Barrett said, it's subtle. I get a little more towards the back of my tongue on it. Um, same with the retro hail. It's subtle. It's not going to just, you know, knock me out. I put this as like a medium to medium plus. Right. It's definitely more dialed back than the, uh, the, the, than the original Quattro. Um, my question to you, Raphael, and I don't know how you want to disclose this. You don't. Is this a very different blend than the original or is it something based yeah. on that blend and tweaked? No, it is. It is a, a complete different blend. It, it and, seems like uh, it's completely different. That's why I yeah. asked. Yeah, it is a completely different blend. And, and, you know, again, we went through many different uh, variations of this. And, uh, you know, so sonata is a musical term. And the sonata is actually a musical term that has been used because um, in music, you have the cantatas, which are, uh, um, which are musical with people singing. And then you have the instrumental alone. And then you have the sonata, which basically some variations, not a lot of things. And, the, you know, I, I, one of my favorite sonata is a Moonlight Sonata from Beethoven. And it starts yeah. extremely, you know, very, very slow, has some moments, and it goes back to that. And, and most of the sonatas that I am uh, a fan of, uh, they're not very aggressive in terms of the music. So yeah. if, if you like to say, for me, I... I look everything as a musician. So if you look at uh, the fifth symphony, by the way, I don't want to compare myself whatsoever with Beethoven. I just wanted to say that. But if, you know, because there's a genius and there are people like me that just makes the art. But if no, you look at, well, yeah, but if you look at, uh, at the, the fifth symphony, pa, 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 bang, and that was the Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua. And that is the Agent of Quattro Nicaragua, right. which pump up my stars, right? It starts right yeah. there, and it has some changes, but it's still, it, you know, full body and things like that. And then, you you know, flavors, you, your, your mouth get used to some of those flavors, and then you have variations. Sometimes are very high variations. And then there is a sonata. 
which is is more subtle and it's uh, like it's like a build uh, up yeah it's build up and and the moonlight sonata if i i encourage people to you know if you like classical music if you don't like classical music but really get surprised uh uh, uh which we all know some of this music because there have been in many movies and yeah. what have you uh the moonlight stars right uh, uh, uh just just very very different very slow very mellow and then it has some moments but it's always true to that and that's what, what i try to do and that's why we call it a sonata because you know as a musician you know i and i comp- i compose for my own thing but i don't i you know i'm not a, a an active musician and then uh i wanted to have my own sonata you know people like romaninoff and brand and back and the toy and i said listen i wanted you know i wanted a sonata dedicated uh to nicaragua which i mentioned is the land of uh, uh of lakes and volcano is a is a country that has gone through a lot of difficult moments in in their history uh but at the end of the day uh, the soil is there the people is there and and look what were they producing uh, during the first quarter of this year 58 percent of every single cigar imported to the United States, 58% were from Nicaragua origin. And uh, I wanted to, in a way, to uh, say thanks, right, to an amazing uh, country, amazing people that sometimes, you know, we don't recognize them, but they're all working extremely hard to make the best possible cigar that starts on the on the preparation of the land, that starts on the seeds, and the growing and then the fermentation and this and that. And that's what we, we try to do. Yeah. You know, Raphael, um, a lot of thoughts came to me when you were just saying it. Cause I actually, there's two things. First of all, I want to pair this down with a rum because I actually think this would pair. Oh, fantastic with a rum. Now I know why you had amazing. it. Right? Yes. I, I, I've been kind of late to the pairing game as bear will tell you, but I, I've started to do a little more of it lately, but I, I am like, this thing is absolutely Perfect with a, a Nicaraguan rum is what I'm thinking of this because it's uh, yeah. and I got to now listen to it with some with some classical music, which is it something I'm to. starting to learn a little more about because I want I have smoked the aging room Nicaragua to some classical music. Uh, Tchaikovsky, I was doing some of it with. And oh, it, it, <laughs> amazing. And I think the, the original went well with Tchaikovsky. Now I got to kind of look at try to find something that's a good composition to listen to this to oh. Uh, oh. because I do I do exactly. You know, we do our we do our music show. Uh, with, with my friend Dave Burke and and we do you know we, we do try to look there's a lot pairing things with music is a very um it's a subjective thing but it's a fun thing to do well, is what I'll tell of you course. of yeah. course Listen, yeah there's one piece that I want to recommend okay uh, that's what I was gonna so ask you there's a violin player um which is composer called Paganini Paganini was an amazing composer and violin prodigy and it just did fantastic music. And then Rachmaninoff, which is uh, past that, uh, like Tchaikovsky, that, that Russian, very strong thing, uh, wrote, um, wrote uh, 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 took a theme from Paganini, and it's called, uh, uh, it's called a, a, a theme and variation in a theme of Paganini or uh, um, I, they also call it, um, well, I forgot the next, the other part, but it's, um, it's, um, it's Rachmaninoff, uh, in a theme of Paganini and it goes to this theme and then variation 
By the way, I think I might have set up the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> it happened oh. with you before? Yes, it did. <laughs> it happened with you before. I remember time. that, yes. Sorry. Do not use the elevator. Do not use the elevator. Oh my God. It's, it should stop in a couple of minutes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. No, this is all, this is real time. It's all good with us. I love it. I love Raf it. Raphael's so on fire. He's burning the place down. There we go. You know, the other thing I want to comment on, because I'm getting into the second, third right now. And, and when we, when Bear and I do our reviews online, we always what? try to find the best section. Please leave and, <laughs> that second third is really this thing's getting really that second third is really I think gonna be the gem of this. I'm saying. Well, I think I think to like to what we're mute while we have this. Hold on, hold on. Let me put you on mute for a second. Yeah, so what Coop I'll, what I'll kind of lend to and it, it, hopefully Raphael's hearing this because you know I, I think it's interesting that you know we he brings up Tchaikovsky, like Stravinsky, Rachmaninoff. Yeah. Like the, you know, Stravinsky in particular was the music of the Russian Revolution. Yeah. Um, which that and Tchaikovsky and Rachmaninoff, like that's those are that that really pairs well with like we were talking about the 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 original Quattronic because it's powerful. It's yeah, like that, in your that's, face. And it's just like yeah. I mean, eighteen twelve overture is like for me is like my one of my favorite. It's just perfect with that aging from Nicaragua. And what I think. I think what's what he was talking about with like the Moonlight Sonata, for example, which happens to be probably my favorite, my yeah. favorite classical piece. It is very classic uh, in the sense, but it, it is. I think it pairs really well with this cigar, the Sonata, because uh, it's it's very it's it's very playful. Yeah. You know, the like that. And a second uh, third is like an interlude to me. Like as I'm getting mm -hmm. into the second third, I feel like I'm hitting that interlude piece, but I'm not losing any flavors. Is, is you know what I'm saying? Well, and that's and that's the I think that's the beauty of like yeah. the the Moonlight Sonata piece to begin yeah. with. Like while yeah. it's very playful, again using the word of the day, which is nuanced. Like it's it's very playful. It's very nuanced, and, yeah. and it, it 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 reels you in to something that ends up being a very, very powerful piece absolutely. Uh, in particular. So yeah, I think, absolutely. I think the cigar is aptly named. Um, Cause I think that that's, I think that's in, in, in Raphael could probably comment on this when he gets back, but like, I think that's probably one of probably one of the bigger risks that a lot of, that we don't really talk about, but we do talk about, which is naming a cigar, right? Like there, there can, that can go wrong in so many ways. Anyway, and misbranding it, but then getting the name. Yeah, I, we, you and I have had discussions on cigars that have been misnamed. So, because think about this: what if we just, what if we flip flop these two, right? What if this was the Quattro Nicaragua and the Quattro Nicaragua was the Sonata? It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Yeah, it was it definitely. You could see what. Yeah, you could absolutely see. Um, and what's what I like about this cigar is I think this will satisfy the aging room Quattro Nicaragua smoker. Um, as well as an, someone who hasn't smoked it, but I think I could see an aging room Nicaragua smoker really gravitating to this cigar, um, as well, because it, it's not mild by any means. It, it's just it's not like I say it's not as bold. Maybe is the best way. I mean, mm. you know, boldness I'll use, but it's it's well, you know, I'll go, I'll take it a step further. Let's uh, for for the people out there listening that like the maybe the Quattro Nicaragua wasn't their bag, right? Maybe they didn't like it for whatever that's, reason. That's where I was going with that too. You, right? Yeah, you. 
try this cigar. So and different. I think, yeah, it's so different that I think it'll, yeah, it's, it's so different in a way that like, I think that, that if you're not a Quattro Nicaragua guy, like you could like it. Yep. Yep. Um, I think he's coming. Let's, let me maybe get him back. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, this thing continues. Uh, uh, it is a, the, the fire alarm. Hopefully I didn't do this. This is a, a, a cigar smoking room. So uh, it shouldn't happen. But uh, I don't know the alarm. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. It, I remember. Do you when, think uh, you're okay, Raphael? I mean, do you? If I mean, we don't want you to be in danger. For yeah, we don't want you to be... no, no, no. Okay. I am. I'm just. I'm just a step from the sea. So uh, <laughs> all I can do is jump into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, by the way. It's a. I've been in that room he's in. It's a really cool room, Bear. Yeah. You, you'd love it. <laughs> that is. A, it's full of humidors, and I can only imagine the cigars that are in those things. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are a lot of uh, a lot of humidors here. Then we got the the I'm, I'm watching the news, and then we have the right now. It's hard to see because it's uh it's um uh, it's you got the you got the sea over here. It's dark yep. right now yep. at the moment. By the way, the alarm just stopped. Thank you very much. So I, I, I apologize. No, no, no. We, we just want to make sure, obviously, there's no, no danger to you. That's uh, so. All I can do is jump. Jump. I, I can't believe it's happened twice. That's what's funny. The last time I made it happen, I don't think this time I made it happen because this room is uh, is, uh, is for that. It's a smoking room. Yeah, it's a cigar room. Calm down. Nothing happened. That was good. Then <laughs> yeah, you you're like, it's just Raphael again, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Raphael's lighting up again. <laughs> this um, is, I love this light. And by the way, thank you very much for for the support and continue yeah, to talk. <laughs> you gotta come it's after a, Raphael. It's a false alarm. It's a false <laughs> alarm, guys. We're investigating. Now the senior is Spanish. Uh, uh, it's funny because the guy doesn't speak a lot of Spanish, so he's doing he, he's doing the the Spanish version. Nothing happened, guys. Be careful. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard. So I apologize. Thank you. But it's a life, you know. This shit happened in yeah. life in life moment. But I remember one night that I did it from my terrace, uh, from my cabana by the sea, and I did it downstairs. And I remember it was very dark, very late. Uh, I think it was on this one of the shows that we continue going and going, and it was dark, uh, late. And my alarm, I made that happen. And you know, got all the police, all the police and the firemen coming and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was just smoking cigars." And you know, it's fine. But so I apologize. Uh, no, 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 apology, no, no apology necessary. Um, oh you know, my God. I want to I want to just break things up a little, Raphael, because there's a few things I do want to cover you before we wrap up. But um, one of the things that we did um, and we introduced this on the Thursday show and, and we were looking for some ideas for a segment. And I came to you with an idea and I said, I have this idea called the ties that bind. And it was it's it, it was musically inspired. It was named right. for a Bruce Springsteen song called the ties that bind. Right. And what it is essentially is uh, I'm going to name three things. And we ask this to our guests every week on the Thursday show, but I wanted to do it here tonight because you're you're here. Um, you got to tell me the three things they have in common. Now, I'm notorious for making this very, very hard. OK, I did not make it. I don't think too hard tonight. So but I put some real I've thrown the kitchen sink at some people. I know that could handle it and I make it easier for people. But I put you in the middle here. 
So I have, three, I have three things for you, Raphael. Bear doesn't know the answer to this either, so he could try to guess as well, as well as our audience. Um, the three things, these are all countries. And I want, well, no, no, let me rephrase it. They're all, um, how can I, what's the word I'm looking for? They're all like entities. All right. So there's, let me, I'll read them and you'll get it. Okay. There's two countries in a state. Yeah. So. Two countries in a state. Okay. And you got to tell me what they all have in common. The first country is Peru. The second country is the Philippines. And the third country is Texas. Like, that's, that's well, the state is Texas. The state is Texas. Well, at first, I was, before you say Texas, I will have said tobacco, right? Right, right. I, I was deliberately, of, yeah. And then Texas yeah. was the wild card I threw in there. Yeah. Right. Because of Peru, you know, and, and, and you know, that's one of yep. the, that's uh, actually, um, it begins the tobacco there, right? So yeah. Beginnings of tobacco. Yeah. And, and, and that is, uh, a theme for a project that we're putting together for AR right now that is to have to, to do with that. And Philippines have been uh, a, a, an amazing tobacco grower for a long time. It's a lot of tobacco in yep. there and, and things like that. But Texas, holy cow, Texas is, is a, a, a little bit difficult because uh, as far as I know, there's not a lot of tobacco there. So yeah, yeah. I will take tobacco away from the. It is okay. not tobacco related exactly. at all. Exactly. No, no, no. I, uh, I, um, yeah, it's it's not tobacco. Oh my God. I, I don't know. I don't know better. You, you want to take, take a guess? You want to take a guess at it? Guess. Well, well, I, I know Peru and Texas have like roughly the same population, but I think the Philippines has like, like I think per Peru and Texas have about thirty million people apiece. How do you um, but, know that? But I, How would like, you know that? Oh, this guy—you don't know this guy. There's, He's an there's too much. There's too much. There's too much. But it's not the answer. <laughs> but no, it's not because like the Philippines has like the Philippines has like a hundred million people. So yeah. It's like yeah. Like or something stupid. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say square like square like square miles. Yep. Um, but even that seems wrong too because I don't I don't. The Philippines are so is so densely populated. I don't yep. think that's right. Wow, I have no idea because it's not food. It's definitely not food. <laughs> oh, I, definitely... I was trying to come up with a food one. It was tough. It's not food. It is not food related. No, but it, it is not. something kind of. Close wait, 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 wait. Is is Spanish the second the second most popular oh, language spoken? Yes. So okay, so it has to do something with Spanish because Philippine. You're right, Bear. Because his Philippine basically has, uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, Were they it, all Spanish colonies? That it is was correct. That is correct. Yeah. Oh, oh you got it. You got it. Yeah. It took me. Took me a minute. Yeah, took they were minute. all the flag. The, the flag of Spain all flew over them. Oh wow! So yeah. I said when I said Texas, as a, I kind of slipped it a bit, but I was like, okay, let me just run with it anyway. And by the way, here's the Spanish flag. Yeah, here's the Spanish flag. Yeah. Since I just came back from Spain. This is uh, I've been wearing these colors. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. I believe me. I was going through a bunch of things. Cause like it's too like even for Raph. I had some stuff. This is way too hard, right? Like let me just try medium. So it's not it's, medium, but it's not medium. But uh, Bear got it because you know, right? Yeah. Spanish. Good yeah. job, Bear. No, I mean, it's, these are tough, but we have a lot of fun doing it, and we learn stuff from each of these. So uh, good job, uh, you know, because um, it's, it's meant to be a fun segment and kind of challenge people a bit with it. But, yeah, the flag, is they were all Spanish colonies at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got it. I thought at the beginning when you said Philippines and, 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 uh, 
it, you know, so I thought of tobacco, right? But yeah. Texas had no no history, no yeah. history that I know yeah. of tobacco, you know. Yeah. So well, I, I had some weird things. Like I, I was going to put like Tour de France riders. And I said, I don't know if he follows the Tour de France. I said, that was a bad one. So. Then I was gonna do something with Julio Iglesias, and I said he's gonna get oh, that. I said bear. I know he's gonna get Julio Iglesias, right? So, because he's from Madrid, right? So I'm like, I'm going through all this. I said, well, I'll just do this, right? I have to do something with Spain, so that's what that's kind of where I went with that. So well, there I is think- a there is a Lima, there is a Lima, uh, Peru, and there is a Lima, Texas. I don't think there's a Lima, Philippines. Oh wow, there's not a Lima in 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 that I know in, in the Philippines. So right? was there was there a King Ferdinand? Was there a Ferdinand? Who ruled Peru? Because there was a Ferdinand in Spain. There was obviously Ferdinand Marcos in the Philippines. Was there a Ferdinand leaguer in Peru? Is the question. Wow, wow. That would we, that that would be hard. I don't even know the answer to that. Yeah, I've no, I've no idea. Yeah. Texas. All I know that I love the the Texas State, and I you know I know a lot of what they stand for, which I love it. Uh, but I know that's that's you know I don't know if there was Ferdinand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. There we go. And that was our that was our ties that buying segment, of course, brought to you every uh, week by Tobacco Era USA. Oh, that's fantastic. Eh? Wow. Yeah, yeah. All right. We stumped Raphael, which was uh, which was good. All right, I want to turn to a couple of other projects before we kind of wrap up. Um, I have three other things I want to talk is about. It, isn't the isn't the isn't that really popular musician, Franz Ferdinand? Isn't he a Peruvian? Oh, wow. Not sure. I'd have to look that up. I don't know. I don't know. That's Bear, you're an amazing. You're, you're an amazing. I'm on a roll. To, I'm on a roll tonight. I got to tell you. He's, that, on a, like, he's an encyclopedia of knowledge of history, this guy. I mean, he's a historian. Bear is well, a true... Franz Ferdinand, the musician. Now, Franz Ferdinand, your Archduke Franz Ferdinand, that's that's a different person, different story. We could talk hours on that guy. But like Franz Ferdinand, the musician, hardly, I, I, at least in its microcosm, his microcosm of history is, is, is much more insignificant than the original Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know. About the, about the, the, the Ferdinand in, in, um, in, um, uh, about the wife with the, with the, with the, was the wife with the amount of juice is, is, uh, yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Uh, that's the only thing I know about that. Yep, yep. That's pretty much what we all know with that. Um, and um, that was that. So, um, yeah, no. Uh, then it, Melda oh. was, the, yeah, Melda was the wife. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of the name. Um, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my wife is similar on that respect. A lot of tools <laughs> and a lot of things, especially we get from Spain. Because it's it's hard. We 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 do buy a lot of clothes when we go to Spain. Because you know, God didn't give us the American. <laughs> the, God didn't give us the American body type. You know. So <laughs> when I when I buy an XL shirt it, in United States, not the same as an XL shirt. Uh, oh, shirt in 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 a thousand Spain, percent. You know? yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, I, I could. I buy T-shirts wherever I go. Like that's one of my things. Like I wear hats. Like that's. That's my normal stick, but like I buy t-shirts wherever I go and travel. I could not buy a t-shirt in Scotland because <laughs> they don't, they don't fit me. Like, By the way, I, as you know, I love to travel. That's one of my uh, uh, bucket list place, right? Uh, that I, I would love to one day to visit. So I was, you know, that, that trip of yours was something that I would love to do one day. Oh, you'd love, you'd love it, Raphael. Um, 
I think um, I think you'd get tired of the food pretty quickly. It's not like you like you like really rich, complex dishes, you know, from everything that I've been able to follow and tell. I think yeah. I mean, I think you appreciate food all around, but like I think you you, you like really rich, complex dishes. Uh, Scotland, Scotland's food is not very complex, uh, nor is it rich. It, it, they're very hearty meals. They're, they're good. Um, but there's not, they're not, they're not, they're not terribly complex. So okay. I will say that. But the, but, but the scotch. Is but the scotch is, that, yeah, next level. And, yeah. And, and, you know, what I've seen is uh, in the pictures, right? So the, the nature, the natural part is something that I really interests me. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. All right. Want to turn to a couple of other projects, Raphael. Uh, We've been talking about the sequel to Aging Room, and we, we kind of touched on this earlier. You have the coming out soon, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary Diamante, which I have had a chance to smoke because uh, I got one of those smoke in ones. Um, no, no kidding. Yeah, so I have didn't smoked that it. to you, right? Yeah. I didn't get that to you. How? Uh, uh, I, I, I got that deal that Abe had. All right. So that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, I bought a box of the uh, the great smoke, yeah. So I got one of those. So I was really, and it was fantastic, Raphael. By the way, yeah. So this is a, the the diamond edition, right? Oh, uh, the diamond edition, and uh, and you're right. So we did, you know, for those of you that might or might not be aware, we did a, a Monte Cristo um, uh, edition, uh, small production for. Ape at, at the at the gray smoke, and uh, there was a little confusion. And he asked me for three hundred, and I was uh, I, I thought you know it was three hundred cigars, and uh, I made you know three hundred cigars ended up being three hundred boxes, and it took longer you know to, to uh, deliver as you know as we only deliver thirty boxes at the beginning. Of nine cigar, by the way, not even ten cigar. Yep. And uh, because when this guy asked me for thirty boxes, I thought he had asked for thirty boxes. I didn't have any box with you know prepared. So, but I I took some boxes that we already have production, and we put nine cigars, and we did that. And then he said, "Are you kidding me? Uh, we got you thirty boxes. One of the others said, "What do you mean the others? You know, it's thirty boxes." And and then. I felt very bad. We did the rest of the production. And for the people that were waiting, like you, so thank you. We included a, a Monte Cristo Diamante in, in, that, in that box. And, uh, and uh, they were the first people that ever, uh, yeah. you know, tried, tried the cigars. Yeah. Just like in the Age Room Cuatro Nicaragua and the Age Room Cuatro Nicaragua Sonata, it was a follow-up, but it was an elevated follow-up. Uh, we wanted to, um, it, it was difficult. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's nerve wracking. I mean, as, as it was for the Sonata, this was 10 times more nerve wracking because it's not the same as the Monte Cristo that an agent room, right? Right. Uh, so um, we, we work hard. Uh, it's a blend that we had envisioned, right? When we did the first original 1935. And then we, again, at the end, uh, we made so many changes and we just wanted to get perfect. And I saw a movie the other day, uh, by the way, I recommended the Blackberry movie, which is the fun Blackberry. 
um, and, uh, and, and someone said, you know, perfection. And, and the guy said, uh, perfection is the enemy of good. And then, uh, and then someone said, uh, you know, good is the enemy of, uh, of humanity because you want to be the best you can. And, uh, oh my God, that, I, I have to tell you, that was nerve wracking. And it's going to be available. We're going to showcase this at the, at the PCA, which is great that we're going back this year to the PCA. Wonderful, wonderful news, by the way. We're, we yes. couldn't be happy. Yeah, yeah, this is great news. Yeah, we, we, we're extremely happy. We have so many friends. We have so much story, history on that. As a company, we try to, to help our retailers and consumers, but we were apart from that for a few years. We decided to go back this year. I think today uh, there was another announcement, another big company that is coming back uh, yep. to state for next year in March, which is, by the way, we're extremely happy that it's going to be in March because I think it aligns better with the with the industry as a whole. I think the summer doesn't, you know, doesn't really represent what what uh, the the cycle of innovation should be. I think March is more aligned with that. Uh, so the Monte Cristo uh, 1935 edition Diamante uh, is going to be released at the at the show, and something that we're extremely uh, we're extremely proud. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, like I say, it's not the same as making an AU Rome as a making a Romeo and Juliet and uh, and a Monte Cristo cigar. So we're proud of the of the look. We're proud of the blend we're proud of the final product uh but it's always net rocking until people try you know yeah no i think you're you're in the right direction i agree with everything you say the one parallel i'll make to that is the diamante seems a gentler blend than the original 1935 as well it is it is yeah that it, was my impression of that one so it uh, is it yeah is, it, it is a it's a powerful flavorful cigar but again, no, no sense. And again, for me, as I mentioned before, and bear, you know, uh, disagree. For me, it's the most difficult thing to make a, a, a gentle, milder cigar that is still get your your flavors and the aroma. That you know, we, we do it. Uh, but uh, it's it's a, for me, it's a more difficult, more difficult thing. Yeah, so this year right. have been a difficult things in terms of blend uh, that uh, we do. And we have so many other things coming up at the end of the year, which is amazing, something that we're working very hard. No, I, well, I, no. I only disagreed with you when I thought you said you weren't good at it. So Well, <laughs> I don't think I'm good. It takes more out of me. It takes more insecurities, by yeah. the way. Right? Yeah. Insecurity. Yeah. Insecurity. But, you know, the, the truth is I've seen some... Uh, musicians that when they go to play and they, they they go to the concert and they're so nervous and I ask him oh, excuse me how can you be so nervous yep. you are so and so and they say no man we we get nervous and uh and that's what happened that's what happened in this case you know yeah. insecurity which at the end we you just make us work hard yeah and, and you know I'm Raphael I'm a little bit of a romantic on these things um like Bear won't kid me on this. Other people on my team will. I'm I'm very into these like legacy brands that like Monte Cristo, uh, Romeo Julieta. You know, if we even go to uh, you know, Hardigas, which is in the general portfolio, I'm thrilled that a lot of these brands are going to be back at the trade show this year. 
Uh, yeah. I think it's important. They're historic brands. They're important to the history of this industry. And they're, a lot of them are going in new directions right now. And I think it's exciting that that story is going to be told on the biggest stage at, at our trade show. So I'm, I'm very happy that that cigar is going to have a, 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 a proper launch at the trade show this year. I think that's a, you guys have been talking about it for a while. And I think it's now to have be back at the trade show and do that. Uh, that's great news. Yeah, no, we, uh, for us, we are uh, at the company, extremely exciting to be part, to be back to Las Vegas, because at the end of the day, it's about friendships, about the people that Carlos Fuentes always talk, and I cannot borrow a lot of uh, what he says. It's about the people, right? Yeah. It's about the passion and the yeah. thing, about the people, the friendship, yeah. the, the camaraderie, and, the, and I think that's what the show uh, brings. So we yeah. were extremely happy to be part, to be back at it. Yeah, and my other comment on that cigar is, you know, I know AJ worked on that cigar with you. If, if people think AJ's maybe a one-trick pony, he's not. That's a very di- that was so different of an AJ blend. It's, uh, it's not, and and you're right because yeah, you know yeah. it goes back to the philosophy of every single brand that we've done. Yeah. AJ has done it, Romeo and Juliet Reserva Real Nicaragua. Yeah. He's done the A Shortman first A Shortman by AJ Fernandez, and we follow up last year with the A Shortman by AJ Fernandez Harry. We we love that cigar. That was one we did on one of our shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. correct, and I remember yeah, well, you were part of that group that you you know do that. Yeah. I'm always I'm always nerve wracking when you talk about <laughs> the cigars. And the well, well, the good news with that, Raphael, is a couple people had smoked that cigar already, and they so we trusted their palates too. So you didn't have as much to worry about with that. Yeah. Um So we yeah because uh, yeah, it's and it's funny because people love comparing the two H Upmans, right? And yeah. I think you'll see that with the 1935, and I think you'll see that now with the. um with these aging rooms, quattros, right? Um, you know, I'm a fan of the heritage, but Bear will tell you he's a fan of the of the first one. I mean, more. Absolutely. So it's kind of like, and that's what the that's the beauty of cigars that you can kind of come to the table and do that type of stuff. And the thing is, you know, um, I talk to a lot of car manufacturers or cards uh, developers and what have you, and they, and you know. We wanted it when you have a driver Mercedes, you you know, there are changes on the models, but there's something Mercedes, right? And yep. uh, we wanted it to be something edgy room. We wanted it to be mm-hmm. something Monte Cristo. We wanted it to be something uh, Romeo and Juliet. And uh, it, it's not easy, by the way. It's not easy because we put we do put out a lot of uh, brands uh, because I think we just wanted to uh, to broaden, right? Yeah. Uh, type of consumers that smoke our brands. But at the end of the day, we have to stay true to what Romeo Juliet is, what Ed Shortman is, what Monte Cristo is, yeah. what mm-hmm. room is. Yeah, well, and that's I, what I meant earlier too. It was like when I said you do you guys don't get cute. So it, that's I stole that line from there's a there's a sports commentator uh pundit called named Colin Cowherd. I know Coop's heard of him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him, Raphael, but no. Colin Cowherd. So he, he did this bit. He did this bit years ago um, when he was talking about the Patriots and he was comparing them to Mercedes because like Mercedes, like, and you just said it like Mercedes doesn't get cute. Like you, they're like Mercedes says, here's our new Mercedes. You know, you want one. It's 80 grand that, you know, you want one. It's a Mercedes, right? So this was back. So the, the commentary was back. Remember, remember the uh, the campaign that Kia did with the hamsters or the gerbils? 
Right. Like, it was just like the saga, like the it, like that's no one give a shit about Kia. They just thought that they thought the hamsters and gerbils were funny and and all that stuff. Like, that was a thing growing it, up as a kid. That was a big deal. We had hamster yeah. and gerbil, yeah. And you just like you don't do that. Yep. And that's that's what we I meant. Can. Like you don't get cute with like we, it's Monte Cristo. Like we can we can uh, because again we have a responsibility to the beginning of the brand to the mm-hmm. uh, DNA of the brand. And then uh, we cannot depart so much on that. You know, we can, uh, we were, uh, you know, when we did that Monte Cristo for the gray smoke, you know, oh, we don't want to, you know, it's, it's Monte Cristo, the gray smoke, can we do this, can we do that? And we wanted to do it to pay homage to continue to what the brand is. Yeah. And we wanted to be creative on the blend and things like that. But I think we have this responsibility to the people that yeah. smoke. Uh, you know, that, you know, the brand that I started in 1935, for God's sake, think about it. Monte Cristo, 1935. A. Shortman, 1844, uh, I started. What? Romeo and Juliet, you know, it started in 1875, for God's yeah. sake. You know? uh, can you get creative and change that? You can, because there's there's something that is there. So it's, you know, it's a little bit complex on that sense and to be creative. Uh, but then all the other brands like the Trinidad that we have been creative in the Trinidad Spiritu Series, which we have, by the way, at the end of this year, we have an amazing uh, uh, new follow-up of the Trinidad or the San Luis Ray that we have an amazing follow-up, but we have to stay true to what we decided that brand was so yeah. it is complex it's difficult uh but we have a great team we have a great yeah. team in terms of the uh, blends and we also have a great team in terms of the create creativity creation of the of the process so we have uh we have it's you know it's it's at the end of the day it's a team effort right yeah. it's you know i'm here but there are a lot of people that work extremely hard to make this happen yeah yeah, no, I agree. And, and, you know, the other thing I think that you've done interesting, Raphael, since you've gotten there, um, you know, before you got there, there was a lot of projects that Altidus was doing, like the Romeo line. I'm thinking of SLI, SLR2 line by St. Louis Ray. You were kind of trying to reimage those brands. It seems like you've kind of gone back to some of the classic packaging and branding, but you've kind of layered a, layered innovation on top of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you kept it's, that it's, classic feel. Uh, and, and the best yeah. example that Romeo, who you had a uh, reserve Real Nicaragua, is is an amazing cigar. Um, Banger. That's cigar. a great example yeah. because I felt like I was smoking a reserve Real, but I had this whole Nicaraguan vibe to it. You know, it was really, really done well. So I, I like the direction that you've done with this. What we said was on the reserve Real, for example, we wanted to sprinkle the Nicaragua origin in yeah. the in the things that made the Reserva Real, which is uh, yeah. a smooth, creamy, right? And, and flavorful and uh, consistent. And then we wanted to sprinkle that Nicaragua. We just don't want to deviate that. Uh, we have been able to uh, to succeed in some others. We just released a Roman Juliet um, uh, Envy, which right is- uh, I got one right here. There you go. Yep. The most expensive and Juliet. And yep. uh, I'm glad to say that it's, it's performing extremely well, well received by the people, it, it, you know, in the concert. That's a follow up to the Eternal that we did last year as yep. well. Uh, and, yep. And yeah. those are so, 
I really what? like what you're doing with the Romeo and Juliet to go back to the Twisted Love, for example. Yeah, I was just going to, yep. So Hold the on. Twisted Love, the Envy, the Eternal, like these are these, and I don't, this had to, this had to be intentional, Raphael, um, but I, I, I love how it's, um, it ties, it ties back to the Shakespeare portion of it. Like, exactly, exactly. Like, Twi- the twisted love is probably the I thought again here's this example of like you know a barber pole okay so this is something that never has been done before with Roman Julieta but <laughs> but it's like but it, it it plays so perfectly into the classic the classic literature the story of it I mean uh, I mean at the very beginning of of that play you know it, you know he, it talks from Fair Verona where we lay our scene a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life whereas misfortune piteous overthrows you know. That's You're fucking amazing. Story. You're fucking amazing. This guy. Like, I, 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 I love Shakespeare, so. <laughs> You're amazing. So I, 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 that would, to me, like, I, I thought, I thought was probably, because that's been my, I, if you, if you, if you wanted to, if you honestly wanted to get me on something, a little bit of a soapbox with Romeo and Julieta, Raphael, and this isn't a fault to you or any of the folks that all taught us, is that I, I was like, you guys have this, this amazing story behind the cigar and for years it was just it was the name of it you know you had the imagery right it was like really cool and i was like man i you know for years you know i've i was like man i wish they would do something with that because yeah. like that i love the story yeah um and then twisted love comes out i was like oh that's cool Eternal comes out i was like oh oh no and then envy. now the envy and i was like shit yeah. okay they're nailing it this is great yeah yeah, by the way, Eternal and the Envy. So, what we're trying to do there is to go to the different stage of what love is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Eternal Love and then the Envy, because once you get love, <laughs> other people envy that. And yeah. then wait for the next uh, follow up. <laughs> we're working on yeah. it for next. By the way, an award for using green in a band has to go for this. This is beautiful. I don't know if it's showing up on my screen, but. It is beautiful. Yes, he does. He I really does. think you guys did well putting the green. It, it's subtle, uh, but it really makes it stand out and it keeps that classic look. So good job with that as well. Classic, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, we had our, uh, just like we had two weeks ago, our Tabacalera Global uh, meeting. And we had it uh, this year in uh, in uh, in Spain. Uh, in Marbella, but two years ago, actually 19, we had it in, in Seville. And Seville is very important for cigars because most of the, you know, Tabacalera is one of the early companies that has an amazing history because all the tobacco came to Seville. Tabacalera was formed by the king in order to uh, to capture the taxes and to capture everything tobacco that came to the, what they call at the time the West Indies, which is the Americas. And they got all of that. Uh, so you, we wanted to, in that particular uh, conference back in 2019, the theme was tradition and innovation. And uh, it is hard to innovate in tradition, right? But that's what the challenge that we have. How yeah. do you uh, keep the tradition uh, and then innovate on top of that? And, you know, I have to tell you, some great things are coming this year in terms of the in the Reserva Real Nicaragua in terms of the Henry Clay. It's an amazing brand that we also brought back with a war heart, and we're going to continue to, to embrace that with a sandwich trade. So I like to say the best is yet to come, and it's only up to us and the 
if you, someone I heard yesterday, if you can dream it, if you can make it, and mm. and 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 it's it's we are dreaming, we are dreaming yep. big, and uh, uh, kudos to my boss uh, Javier Estades, which is he allows us to dream, and uh, and uh, when when the, we thought of the. Romeo and Juliet green, right? So it doesn't go with a Romeo and Juliet uh, thing or what have you, but we try to pay homage to, to continue that tradition or what Romeo and Juliet is and then enhance it with, it, with the, that envy green color. And um, it's, uh, it's a great cigar as well. It's, yeah. it's a great brand. We, we had it today uh, with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Placencia. We were smoking that cigar uh, this morning, and uh, it's, it's something that we're trying: innovation and keeping true to tradition. I, I, you think that you nailed it. You guys are nailing it with it. So, uh, and these are great. These are great blends too. On top of it, so if you guys haven't tried some of these, um, definitely. You, like... Yeah, they're good. So, if you want to, if you want an a free idea to take to to Javier, um, Rafael. Uh, I'm going to throw one out for you. This is completely free. Take it and run with it. So a Romeo and Julieta house of Capulet, you can do blue and yellow. They did one. House of Montague, like red and green. Okay. Let me just say that if you see something next year, it's been already on the work. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I thought I saw an amulet around at one point. That's why years ago, there was an amulet that floated around. House of Capulet. Oh, okay. The two two families in the, in the, in the play. We are, as a matter of fact, it is part of the exclusive series that we do for famous small shop, the House of Capulet. And, okay. Uh, oh shit. Okay. That's why I was yeah. wondering. I thought there was something out there with it. Yeah. Okay. It is. It is. It is. Okay. And we have been doing some innovation and releases specifically under that, the House of Capulet, for for famous. Yeah. But the, the color scheme is coming, and <laughs> look it up for next year. Because we are working on that, but I appreciate it. Thank you, yep. thank you, thank you. Yep. So, all right, I got two more things. I know we kept you longer, Rafael, so I want to kind of um, be sensitive to that. Um, apologies on that, uh, but we're having such a good time. Uh, trade shows coming up. I know you guys typically don't throw a lot of releases at the trade show. Is there anything you can say right now, or is there still announcements coming? What What can we expect a little from you guys this year? No, much in this. In this particular year, because it was a late decision to go to the show, we already have some releases uh, like the the Sonata. It's going to be a focus of that. Uh-huh. It's going to be the 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 Monte Cristo Diamante edition, edition Diamante. That is also going to. But we have one that is uh, is uh, we are uh, focusing on that, which is the A Shortman Day Traders. Uh, you know, A Shortman has a history of. Uh, oh yeah, right. right? The yeah. banking yeah. and the bankers, and we are we we teased it a little bit on the TPE last year, uh, this year, and it's going to be a full release uh, and that, and then we continue the focus. Uh, we're going to have a barber and a, a inspirational one that we did uh, with the the Shonman Barbier, which is also a barber pole, and that uh, those are the main releases that we have for this uh, for this year. And I think those are a good selection of releases, like I said. And I think you get have the stage to do that this year uh, will be a great stage for you to do. And that. then we also focus in in a, in a in a humidor. It's called Tesoro de Oro, which is a 1935 uh, and Monte Cristo um, humidor 
It's an amazing humidor with uh, one cigar that is specifically to that humidor. And we have a small selection of available at the show. So that's something that we are focusing. Those are the main releases for, uh, for the show. Oh, really good. Really good there. All right. So, Raphael, last thing we want to do is just to wrap this up. This is another uh, segment we do on the show, and this is one of your segments. Uh, Bear, well. get ready. Bear, get ready. No, this is there's no there's no question with this one. Yeah, there's no quiz on this one. No, this is our great things are happening here segment. Um, so what we do with this segment is, you know, for folks who aren't familiar, is we we talk about a good news stories because there's also bad news right happening there. But there's always these good news stories. And, and, and Bear and I, this is a personal favorite of ours to do. And we just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of share this segment with you, Raphael, because it is, it is, it is a, a fun segment for us to come up with this. Um, so we, pick, we each pick a story, and I'll just, we briefly just kind of summarize it. Um, I'll kick it off, okay? And Raphael, I, I thought of you with this one, okay? And I thought of Bear. This was like the perfect one, okay? So I saw Raphael riding an elephant in Morocco. Oh, yes. <laughs> I saw pictures of Raphael on an elephant in Morocco, right? And Bear's wife's also a zookeeper, right? She works at a, she works at the Fort Worth Zoo. Wow! I saw this really cool story that came out this week, um, and it was it's a funny story, right? But it's it's it, I thought it was just kind of appropriate because again, this is what this is, and it's about elephants at the Houston Zoo, okay? That are basically uh, every day doing yoga to stay fit and healthy so literally they have these elephants um doing yoga and they've trained these they've trained these uh they've trained these elephants to do like stretching exercises and you know muscle stretches um and the idea is again to keep these elephants healthy so they actually have a uh every day at the houston zoo they they do that and um i th- i get that i just thought it was a, a great thing it's kind of elephants kind of a really I always loved elephants and I just thought it was a great fit this week. So we'll post that story, of course, in the, when we post the show uh, and you could, you could check out the link, but yeah, elephants at the Houston zoo every day, seven days a week, they do yoga. So they they go out and do that every day. Um, wow. I just want to say that we got alarm. again. <laughs> we got the alarm again. <laughs> All right. So we'll wrap it up with bear. So you can get like an evacuation. <laughs> go ahead, bear. Oh, no, this Nick, this story again, and, and Raphael, like you were saying, we love this segment. I love talking about just the, the fun, the fun stuff, the good, the feel good stories and everything. And this is, I, I usually have a knack for pulling out some tear jerkers and stuff. This one isn't that, um, but I really just like the story considering I just traveled internationally and so did you. And it, it kind of, it kind of gave me some thought about, about it. Um, Mar, our flight over to, I will say this, our flight over to the UK was, uh, was, was absolutely awful. <laughs> uh, it was very, it was very oh. uncomfortable. Uh, we, uh, we rode back in, you know, we rode back in coach, but it was, it was, it was just, it was just a very uncomfortable experience, unfortunately. And uh, on the way back was a different story. We were, we were in um, on a British Airways flight that just, you know, had a lot, it was a lot more comfortable uh, even in, even in coach and economy. So that was nice. Um, but uh, there's a, there's a young inventor um, in Germany, uh, Alejandro uh, Nunez Vicente and uh, who, uh, and I love I love when young kids do like these really grand like elaborate in, invention um, projects and stuff. They kind of get recognized on a, on a, on a more global space. So um, he has come up with this concept for airplanes to 
a make more money which i think they'll be interested in but two give economy customers a lot more comfort in their experience and so he created this uh double decker double level seat concept that uh, basically staggers seats to where like there is two levels of seating on the same level of on the same level of a gonna... plane so that yeah if you could pull up the picture coop so that like um there uh, the people sitting at the top level have this like this chase lounge experience where you have much more leg room a lot more comfort there's a l- ability to lay back uh, a lot further than just a, your normal riding experience. And oh, this wow. is, yeah, this is invented by a kid. Um, and I think what he really nails from a business point of view here is that the airlines have the ability to actually, they could do this. They could implement this and actually potentially make more money um, because you can, you can essentially add additional seats to an airplane by and, and and give people more comfort, which would make it more attractive, obviously, for more customers and stuff. So, um, but this double decker system would be really really cool, giving those 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 customers at the top level this more chase lounge experience uh, in terms of seating and everything. So I thought oh, it was wow. really neat. That is that is definitely for people like us that travel. I know because I was listening to Coupa uh, this uh, Saturday in um, in um, it, it, in. Uh, in the in the kiss my ass uh, segment and about not traveling and how many hours is six or eight hours it takes yeah uh, that is pretty cool i think we uh, you went on mute uh, you know mute, mute because uh, the 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 thing is started again but um no you know it's it's fun wow wow yeah no it's all good it's all good. Oh, so Raphael, I think we'll wrap up so you don't get like they don't uh, come get you, right? <laughs> um, but uh, hey, a couple, uh, Raphael, just I'll see you on Saturday because uh, I'm gonna be at, I'm gonna be at the KMA 500th episode. Oh, you're gonna be in in live or you? I'm gonna be, be live. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there. I'm looking forward to see you. That's an amazing opportunity. But listen, guys, I would like to say thank you very much for. <laughs> Uh, this opportunity, I am sorry about the No, no apologies. We, we kept you late, too, so we appreciate it. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you both. I really appreciate thank it, you. guys. If you're listening to us, try the Asian Room Cuatro Nicaragua Sonata. Must, tr- must it's, try. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's our dedication of our sonata. You guys, uh, you got amazing composers that uh, made some amazing uh, music and this is our dedication to Nicaragua. Absolutely. Thanks, Raphael. Raphael, thank you so much for the support. By the way, uh, Raphael and uh, um, Alto USA is going to be one of our PCA sponsors this year. So we thank you for that as well. We do appreciate that a great deal. Uh, it means a lot. We we it's uh, this show is hard to cover, and we wouldn't be able to do it without your support with us and believing in us. So thank you very much. It is our pleasure. You guys do an amazing job at the end of the days to, to transfer that information of uh, all the manufacturers, all the innovations, all the new releases. And at the end of the day, that's our only uh, way to tell people what we are trying to do. So uh, thank you. Thank you all. It's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of uh, time away from the family. So I, I appreciate it. 
All right. We appreciate it. Stay safe, uh, safe travels, uh, and we'll see you on. I'll see you on Saturday. Hopefully, if I don't, if there's not a fire. So thank you very much. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Bear. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys, very much. Thank you, Raphael. Thanks, Raphael. All right. Cheers. That is the one and only Raphael Nodal of uh, Tobacco USA and Aging Room Cigars here on Primetime Special Edition. Enjoyed this cigar a lot, Bear. I really did. Um, yeah, me too. Yep. But we got more stuff to cover. Yes. And without further ado, I'm going to go right into uh, the next couple of segments here. Uh, I wasn't going to put Raphael through the president segment. <laughs> so <laughs> I pushed it now. Uh, I think this would have been too hard for him. Uh, but we're going to do our uh, president's segment, um, which, as always, is sponsored by United Cigars, uh, makers of cigars such as La Diana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron, and now Alfonso. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. And, Bear, you're still on your uh, 20 days of smoking United Cigars. Yeah, so it was a campaign. Um, it was it was it was a it was a kind of an on a whim um, um, idea that I ran by Oliver, and I was like, you know, I I started thinking about it. I was like, man, no one really talks about Flag Day, and I think it's very important because you know it obviously is the day that we celebrate our nation's flag, and it's really close to July Fourth. So I just did like I did a quick math take on it so from june 14th which is flag day to july 4th which is obviously our national independence day is exactly 20 days so it just so happens it's exactly 20 days and then i actually googled this because i didn't know this offhand uh united cigars um come in boxes of 20 and so it was perfect and so i ran it by the idea by oliver i was like hey what if we did a 20 days of united cigars smoke a united go through basically essentially a box smoke a box yeah to celebrate the our nation in our country um um and all you know all the wonderful liberties that we get to uh have and experience uh, by commemorating all 20 days from june 14th to july 4th and so yeah i've been smoking a united cigar a day been making a post on it uh talking you know you know me on on Instagram. I always pull a quote, so I've been pulling a lot of yep. founding father quotes and patriotic quotes, and doing fun facts and stuff. It was kind of cool to start the start it in Britain, which I could have I could have really gone I could have really gone ultra rebel and been like you know done some kind of Boston Tea Party thing, but I just I didn't want to, man. I just didn't right, want to be right. disrespectful of that home country. Yeah. I almost did, and I was like, nah, that's probably not a good idea, but. Uh, I will say the United Maduro does pair, pair well with English breakfast tea really well. I will nice. say that. Nice. So um, yeah. really, really have enjoyed it. And uh, today I just posted just be shortly before the show started tonight, um, you know, a John Adams quote um, to talk about our second president of the United States, which, uh, you know, he gets, you know, it's always, it's always the same thing with number twos, man. No one gets the, uh, they don't get, they don't get much of the glory, but you know, the, the quote of course was uh, uh, from John Adams was old minds are like old horses. You must exercise them if you wish to keep them in working order. So, yep. I, and I think um, <laughs> there's so much for me personally, there's so much meaning behind that quote. And it's very wise words from our second president. Uh, um, fun fact. I know we're going to get into another presidential trivia. I know it's not about John Adams. At least I hope it don't. It's not. It's not John Adams. Um, um, but um, 
you know, everyone knows that he died on the same day as his rival, Thomas Jefferson. Um, they were rivals. Uh, they didn't hate each other um, like a lot of political rivals today. It wasn't like Aaron uh, they, Burr and yeah. And, yeah, uh, no, it wasn't Aaron Burr Hamilton, and Alexander yeah. Hamilton. It wasn't uh, the, the it wasn't Trump and Biden. You know, it was they just they had a mutual agreement to disagree on pretty much everything when it came to running this this new country of theirs, which was it's an interesting deep dive if you ever want to go into it. Um, interestingly enough, um, I find it. You know, John Adams was the one of the original rebels. You know, he was a signer of the Declaration, and uh, you know, he he was a great framer of the early stages of our country. Obviously, being our second president and everything. What I find interesting about John Adams is um, there were a lot of things that he wanted to bring back from the old world into our new world. For example, he thought that the president should not be addressed as Mister President. But rather as his highness. Interesting. I didn't so, know that. Wow. Yeah. Harken back to, you know, royalty and you know the king. And it's I find that really fascinating considering there there was gosh, there they they wanted to when they create when the founding fathers created um our 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 system of government, they wanted so much to separate themselves from the from a monarchy, right? Yeah. Um and so far as in to say to even create um, the way that the, the three branch government, that the way they did and things like that. So I think it's interesting that how he wanted to bring back a lot of old world tradition into this new world. Um, plus, can you imagine uh, addressing uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden as his highness instead oh of Mr. President? <laughs> right. I know. I know you got to look at Trump and Biden maybe as the most vicious president rivalry we've ever seen. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, it might be historically the most hated to. I mean, I don't think these guys could stand in a state room together. I mean, I really be honest with you. They I, well, they I, it, well, it's 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 interesting, like the comparison, because they talk about Jefferson and Adams. They I mean, they disagreed on every fucking level. It's like right. it's not even funny, man. Like it. It was probably the most contentious presidential election up yeah. until recent memory, and that's con that's crazy considering it was basically our second or third one, rather. Um, you know, just yeah. just absolutely nuts. Um, um, but, but yeah, you think like uh, you know Reagan Carter, they they did things afterwards, like uh, you had Bush Senior and Clinton. Oh, and they're then, friends. They they're were buddies. Friends. They were they were, very, they, they, were they, they were very good. They actually became very close after they were rivals at first. They were rivals right. at first. They didn't like each other at first. <coughs> and then, of course, uh, W. Bush and Obama. I I mean, I think they could stand in the same room is what I'm saying. Uh, and I don't think there'd be a problem, you know, with them sitting, well, you know, going to a, like a funeral or something. And you don't have to worry about like, but Trump and Biden, it, it, that's a bad one. Well, I think that's I think that's the the different and, and I don't think it's I don't think it's mutually not to get too political here Coop, but I don't think it's mutually exclusive to yeah. just those two men yeah unfortunately that the way that the country is going there's this really better divide on both sides of the aisle right now where it's a lot like that there's a lot of rivals on both sides where they yeah. can't be in the same room and I think that that I think Obama and W uh you know you know eight you know the Bush number one and Clinton Reagan and Carter you know, even even to a certain extent, like Nixon and Kennedy, yeah. you know, they I think that there was a 
there was there's a mutual there was a mutual respect among those people and even like kennedy didn't survive his presidency obviously but like um once these men left office it, it they they became part of this this very this very exclusive fraternity of people yeah. to hold the the highest branch of the government and so uh, um you know i'm i'm you know i you know it's you know history will is is yet to be written if if biden will win it's his reelection bid or not um i can't imagine him living too much longer just because of his age um but i don't i i hope for a day that 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 biden and trump can be in the same room and have that same kind of camaraderie yeah, that's that's what we hope for i think yeah yeah, yeah. i think that that i think that would do i think that would go a long way to repairing a lot of rift that we have yeah. in this country you know, I thought the whole Steve Scalise thing, uh, you know, because I think the members of Congress did come together with that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was hoping that would mend some. Unfortunately, I don't think it did. But uh, I think for a short time, I, I had some optimism of that. Well, I think the last example, true example that we saw of this bipartisan coming together of people was was the you know the unfortunate event of John um, John McCain's funeral. You know. Yeah. You had people, I mean, he, here was a man, he, I think he's probably, unfortunately, I think he's probably the last person that we'll see for a while that has tremendous, that commanded tremendous reverence from both sides of the aisle. I mean, yeah. sure, Democrats disagreed with him, but I think that, I think he had, I think he had the respect of both parties um, extremely well, which makes the fact that he, you know, still shocking that he lost his election bid for for the presidency, considering how popular he was on both sides of the aisle. But I think that, historically speaking, that spoke to the uh, um, the appeal at the time, uh, in particular of uh, the Obama create that commanded and created. Uh, um, I think the 2012 election, um, uh, excuse me, 2008 election rather, um, will go down. Um, it's probably one of the more interesting presidential elections in the last, yeah. I know a lot of people choose to focus on 2020 because it was just so heated and, and there was just so much vitriol. Um, and I think that that election will certainly have its place in history, but 2008 was a very interesting, was a very interesting election. Um, you know, specifically because there were two non-incumbents going against each other. And two very popular men in this country. I mean, that, I mean, that's it was pretty insane. Yep. All right, we're gonna go back in history with this one. Now, I said that the question I had in the notes was name three things that these presidents share a common bond. I want two, because the third one you'll see. Uh, I think you're gonna get this one right. The two things. So I'm gonna name four presidents, and you gotta tell me two things that they all have in common. The first one is William Henry Harrison. The second one is John Tyler. The third one is Zachary Taylor. And the fourth one is Millard Fillmore. Two things. Two things. And then I think the third thing will kind of be a byproduct. That's why. So I'm gonna just let's, let's go two things. Well, 
they're the only four members of the Whig party to be elected to the executive. Damn. Yeah. You got one of them. Damn. That's, so, that is correct. And they're the only four. They are the only four. Take, take, well, technically. So, so Lincoln was elected as a Republican, but he started off as a Whig. That right. I'm going is when they got elected, they were yep. elected as members of the Whig party. Yep. Um, Shit. But the Whig Party is was the first part of this question. You're probably not going to give me credit for this. They're all one-term presidents. A little more. I mean, I'm looking, Henry I'm Harrison little, died. I'm, I'm looking you know, for a little five more. Five seconds into office. I'm looking for so, a I mean, little more. Really count, I'm looking for like, a little more with that. What's that? A little more. I'm looking for than that. To get it right, they we gotta say we're all one-term, but there's even something more. Um. Well, they, okay. Um, is it something to do with their death? It's in that, it's in that, th- that plays into the answer. You're right on this right now. Shit. It's so obvious you're gonna be like, oh shoot. Were they all the same age at the day of their death? No. Okay. No, that's not right. That's not right at all. That's not even fucking close. Har- Harrison was the oldest president actually for a long time till Reagan. Right, right. Yeah. And Fillmore died like in the eighteen seventies too. So right, right. that's not right either. Shit. Right. But you're right on this. I don't want to give it away. I think you're going to get it. Um, This is a good one. It's so I, I thought you'd get this. I can't, the believe I can't believe there's three. That's interesting. Um, I thought this would have been it, that this would have been the easier part. Well, no, I shouldn't say that the wig. I knew what you get, but I don't think I didn't think this part would be hard. Well, they didn't die from the same thing because Harrison died, they, they died from, from pneumonia. Fillmore died of like a stroke. Right. And he died later. Yeah. They didn't all take over for the press. You're, 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 you're in the right territory, Bear. That has to do with their death. Well, no, it has the death plays into this. Let's see if anyone in the audience got this. It's hard to see the answers, so. You tell me. I think you you're, wanna... you're you're throwing you're throwing me off with the the. the I'm not even thinking about anything else. So, I'm just okay. Another so, death. So... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just give me a second. Um... 
Jay Davis told me Texas is a country, by the way. Well, they were. Yeah, no, he's right. What kind of psycho activity is Coop conducting on Bear? <laughs> I mean, they're they're considered. Uh, I know that they're considered like some uh, like a well, a collection of basically they're some of the most mediocre presidents. Um, if I throw a hint, he's gonna get it, guys. I mean, <sighs> do 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 do. Okay, there. So these two, the two other things, like they're both related. You said, there. Um, because I'm trying to think of some. There's yeah. Well, there's a the, common take, thread. There's take, a common thread with like take three the third, other ones. Yeah, it's something specific. Okay. What did all wig? What did all these wig presidents have in common? Like when a wig was in office, what did they have in common? The, it, that maybe that's the way to answer it because that that was be the third thing. The Whig presidents all had the four Whig presidents had all one thing in common. That's as much of a hint I'm going to give you. We may have history here, guys. I may be able to kind of stump him on this one. You go to. He's got 19 out of 21 of these we've done. Well, this will be a half. I got half of it. Yeah. It'll be like 19 and a half. You got partial. Yeah, you got, we'll give you partial credit. You did the wig one, but yeah, this, this one, it's so, when you hear the answer, you're going to go like, oh shit. And there's no trick question here. No, I know it's not a trick question. What did all the wig presidents have in common? What did a wig president never do? Maybe that's a, I'll say get, that. get reelected. More than that, I'll give you that it is more than that. Um, you're 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 right on. You're treading right in the. You're treading right so close to this answer. They're not abolitionists. Well, no, yeah. The J was no. it. Yeah, Zachary Taylor's Taylor's not an yeah, abolitionist. Yeah. Uh. I don't want. I don't want to put the timer on him, because I. I think he can get that. Well, I mean, okay. See, the death thing is throwing me because, like, all the the death had something to do with why this answer is the answer because of the death. I mean, they all supported. They all. They all had support for like a national bank. They were like huge on protective tariffs and stuff. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go with politics. Don't. Don't go politics answer. Yeah. Now you're moving further. You were closer with, with, with some of the stuff you were just saying with the one term and the, uh, the, uh, the death. Oh, I love this. I think I'm going to get him. This is not a trick one either. I mean, they were all anti-Andrew Jackson. But no. He said not to get political. Right. 
Not get political. Um, nothing political. There's nothing political related to this answer on on policy or anything with that. It's again, there was there were one term presidents, right? Sort of. I just gave you. I just gave it away. They never served a full term. Correct. You got it. I'll give you. I'm going to give it to you. Okay. None of them. None of them did a four year term. No Whig president served four years. Okay. Three from death, right? I'm going to give you this one, Bear, because you worked this one hard. I'm going to give you the answer on this one. Yeah, I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think the me. death thing threw me. So. Yeah, but because of the death, neither like none of those. Like Phil, Fillmore is the outlier there because he lived. Yeah, because Tyler know, fin- Tyler finished Harrison's term, and Fillmore finished Taylor's term. So basically. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. That and that's what caused it was the two deaths. But I think the most fascinating thing is, you know, we have this Whig party and they never served the four year term as president. I I mean, yeah, when you think about it, because I mean, it started off as like the Federalist and then the Union. um, You know, the Federalist and Union parties. And then so I I think and then like the, the Whig party was such a huge was such a was such a huge movement in the earlier, you know, the first. 50, 60 years of our of our national identity. Yeah. And it's interesting that, that that party just completely kind of went away and stuff. Yeah. But I think it's also a, a sign when, of the times, too. Yeah. When Lincoln went Republican, I think that's when it really uh, flipped at that point. Oh, yeah. That killed the, the Whig party. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but Jay wants to say, give him the loss. No, he got it. He got it. I didn't I didn't lead him that hard on it. Um. Yeah, it was, that's. Like said, it was an easy, like I said, it was an obvious answer. It wasn't a trick question. It was like, no, yeah, it wasn't you, a trick question. No, yeah, not at yeah, all. I was yeah. just, I, I thought too hard about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, what I, I really like about the, the Whig Party is also the, you know, the two most, I think are, are, you know, even though we had four Whig presidents, you could say that two, of the two of the most arguable, uh, famous Whig Party members to never get elected president are two of the most, um unique and yep. seemingly fine. powerful uh politicians in our nation's history that were never elected to the executive and probably should have been when that was henry clay and daniel webster yeah, and that was the inspiration for this question by the way yeah henry clay. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the henry clay was yeah that's why i said well and i kind of started going with that i didn't think Raphael was going to get that part with the, and the smarter guys Raphael is i mean th- that's a tough question maybe to pursue with some of that you know someone who's you know, was you know, didn't grow up in the U.S. You know, so uh, maybe I'm underestimating. I just didn't want to throw too much of a curveball at him with that. So, but good job, Bear. I was I, yeah. I, so to the point about abolitionists, that was the thing about the Whig Party, unfortunately, and that un- felt like led to the demise of the Whig Party was that at the time when the Whig Party went, you know, basically belly up, or for lack of a better term, like at the time. Uh, the deciding issue of the day was your stance on slavery. Were you abolitionist? Yep. Or were you pro-slavery? Yep. And that was one of the things that the Whig Party never agreed on. There were people inside the Whig Party that 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 floated on both sides of that argument. Yep. And you could yeah. still you could say the same thing about Republicans, right? Um, you know, Johnson, for example, was from Tennessee and he certainly wasn't he certainly was not an abolitionist, but he certainly yeah. wasn't pro-slavery either. Yeah. But he was a member of the Republican Party. So, um, um, 
the uh the other thing too um i think dan i said okay i'm looking at the comments now uh dan said none of them lived in the white house that's not true um um adams speaking of john adams john adams was the first president to live in the white house just fyi um but uh um this was a good one this was a good one yep nice um all right so that that was our um uh present segment brought to you by united cigars all right so we're gonna go to our um we haven't done this in a while but we have our espinoza this day in sports history which again i i'm gonna ask bear the question on it bear has to do a lot of work on these uh but I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get this one. Okay. So the day is June twentieth, two thousand three. This most likely future Hall of Famer made his debut for the Florida Marlins, and he would eventually go on to join the five hundred home run club. Who is that player? Say the first part of the question again. In two thousand three, June twentieth, two thousand three, this most likely future Hall of Famer. Made his debut for the Florida Marlins. Eventually, he would go on to join the 500 home run club. 2003? 2003. Okay, so it's not Gary Sheffield. Because Gary Sheffield was part of the 97 team that won the World Series. And I think he will get in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be. Um, I, I'm a Gary fan, so absolutely uh, Gary Sheffield, the Hall of Famer in my book. 2003, joined the Florida Marlins. He had his first game. It was his first game he played for was with the Florida Marlins. Let me clarify that. He made his debut. And his debut was with the Florida Marlins. On oh, uh, 2003? Yep. Miguel Cabrera. Correct. Good job. Good job, Bear. Yep. Big Mig. Yeah, uh, big yeah he's a he's a he's a first ballot Hall of this, Famer. This was a weaker day actually for this team baseball history. It was a tougher one to come up with this one. Uh, some of the days are just stronger than others. So I went to player debuts on the baseball almanac, and uh, lo and behold, uh, Miguel Cabrera, who I believe he will absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. So I, I don't have any doubt about that. Was this the day? I can't remember. It was sometime in June. This is a complete shot in the dark. I have honestly no idea if it's the day or not. Um, is this the day? There was a day. It was a day in June. So go ahead and look this up, everybody. But it was a day in June where uh, Honus Wagner stole home twice in a game. Uh, it wasn't this day, but um, it wasn't okay. this day that I have. It wasn't June 20th? Okay. It wasn't June. I'm just double It was checking. in June. It was in June. I'm just double checking it. It, uh, it doesn't appear it was that one. He stole home twice, right? In a game. He was the first player to ever do it. I want to say I saw this one come up on one of the baseball almanac things. Um, yeah, look it up. I think I'm right. It's June something. All right. No, you know what? It's that's what it says. It was June this 20th. This was not in the baseball almanac. Bear, it's uh, I got to give you this one. Bear's going to get it. According to what I just saw, it is June 20th, 1901. With, with 5,000 okay. in, in a hand, uh, 
Honus Wagner became the first 20th century player to steal home twice in a game as Jack Chesbro blanked the New York Giants uh, seven to nothing when he was playing for the Pirates. Five thousand people showed up to a game, but back then Jeff, that was that's that, that's no, that's more than like an Oakland A's game right now. So right, exactly. But back then, you know that that you know we're going. This is pre nineteen oh pre World Series, so that yeah, they probably didn't have it in there because it's considered pre modern. But you were all correct. It was June twentieth, nineteen oh one. Bit that's a good one. I knew it was in June. That yep. was, dude has fucking luck. Don't even give me credit for that. Yep. Yep. Nice. No, I... no, it was you had it right. I knew I saw that somewhere, but yeah. Um. So again, that was our Espinosa cigars. Uh, this day in sports history, brought to you by Espinosa cigars, makers of award-winning brands such as Espinosa, six hundred one, and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa, smoke Espinosa every day. All right, so we got one more segment, Bear, we're going to do. Um, and hopefully my internet doesn't go down because my wife messaged me and said they're going to be doing maintenance uh, sometime after midnight here. But uh, usually when that happens, they don't do it right at midnight. So if we get disconnected, I have the I have a backup here uh, if we have to end the show. But um, So let me just, of course, mention um, – our friends at Michael's Tobacco. Um, with just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in Euless, just a quick jump at the DFW airport, and Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCR board member and now has made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, home one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting for you with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. All right, Barry, you missed uh, – unfortunately, we had a – and this is – I want to apologize. I, I probably should have timed the PCA panel show around your trip. Uh, we had some difficulty getting Scott scheduled. So I would have loved to have had you on the show we did on uh, Thursday night, uh, which, by the way, was one of our most downloaded shows of the year. Um, nice. It, Really, it, it the two shows that have been incredible shows this year have the huge numbers are actually Hendrik Kellner and that show. Um, and I think this one might pass Hendrik Kellner. Hendrik Kellner, uh, for our sixth anniversary show, is the number one show, uh, uh, watched and downloaded show of the year. So that was a big show. That was for our six year anniversary. Love doing that show. Um, but what I thought, Barry, is I wanted to give you a chance to weigh in on some PCA talk here. You know, because no one cares about the PCA, by the way. All right. So, uh, by the way, no one cares about the PCA, PCA trade show. No one cares about it. Okay. By the way, we, by the way, we had, uh, we've had some record traffic, uh, just with PCA. No one cares about the trade show. Yeah. Who the fuck said that? Oh, you know, you read comments once in a while. Okay. There's pundits out there. Okay. You know, there's there's disgruntled brand owners, you know, stuff like that, you know, they're right but I have five things for you, Bear. We could do these. Uh, I try, we'll try to. We'll try to. We'll go through them quick. But, uh, but my brain, uh, my brain's pretty racked from all the questioning tonight. So like, you know. No, but this, this is opinion. So I don't think these are hard. Things. Oh, okay. I think they're all things that we have talked about. Uh, 
like offline. Okay. All right. Hit me. So, the, so the first question, we've talked about this. PCA releases for 2023. Is this the most down year that you've seen for PCA trade show releases in some time? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. It is. It is. It's not even fucking close, Coop. Like is, this is the this is the uh, thus far, thus far. What are we? T minus three weeks. Less than T minus twenty one days. Yeah, we're, we're twenty. Uh, we will be. We're under twenty one days. We are the seventh. Twenty seven days. Oh, so no, no, it can't be that. Seven days. Well, we're about we're gonna be two weeks from Saturdays when the trade show starts. So seven, fourteen, fifteen, six, seventeen. Yeah, we're we're T minus less than twenty days away. Yep. Um absolutely positively the worst. Um the worst um pre trade show release list that I've seen ever. Uh I've covered and this trade show since two thousand ten. It's not this is so I've covered 13. This is going to be the 13th trade show because it was done in 2020. So it's from 2010 to 2023. By far, at this point in time, is this is the most unanticipated year for cigar releases. It, it's a lot of limiteds that are out there. Um, some line extensions. Um, a lot of stuff that we've heard about for months are going to be debuting kind of at the trade show. Like we talked about, for example, Raphael just talked about some things that they've had out. They've announced these things already. Some of the United stuff has already been the selected tobacco stuff was announced like shown last year. So it's a little, it's a little anticlimactic. I'm not saying it's not, but um, I, I can't remember a year this, this down. Um, and you know, Mitchell makes a, Mitchell Santaga makes a good comment. He says, "Is it possible people are holding stuff back from March 2024?" Absolutely, I absolutely I'll, can see that. Why? Because there's some companies that. But they, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Coop. If if we don't see a major shift by March of 2024, if we don't see like a massive difference between this list we see right now, the if we don't see a massive difference between the big board now and the big board and come late late February of 2024, then that's going to be probably the single biggest disappointing stretch of 18 months in the cigar industry that I can remember in terms of releases. Yeah. I I actually think that the industry is taking a little break from innovation to some extent. And maybe there's some companies that for the first time are like, we can't keep coming out with a new cigar every year. And, you know, coming out with a limited maybe isn't the answer either. Um, Okay. So, I'm grabbing a drink. Excuse me. It's fucking yep. hot here in Texas. It's like a hundred degrees outside we'll, still. We'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll ramp you up. We'll, we'll wrap it up soon. So no, 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 it's, it's fine. I just need to grab a drink. Um, so the, um, I, I don't buy that coop. I'm sorry. I don't buy the, I don't want to, I don't buy that. Okay, no, like uh, that break, that break of innovation and everything. I think that, uh, I mean, you could certainly call it that. I think that there, 
I think that there's a post-COVID hangover a little bit with it that that people are resting on their laurels a little bit too much because I don't want to call it a lack of innovation. I think we have enough creative people in this industry that like if if they had their way and if money was no object that they could just fucking go crazy all the time. I think what we're really seeing right now, unfortunately, is this this um, and look. This is a general comment. It's not specific. So if you're a brand owner and you want to take offense to it, fine. Go ahead and take offense to it. I'm not trying to be offensive. But I, I just want to say, I'm just going to go ahead and just lay this blanket statement out there. So here's my hot take. I think it's laziness. I think people are resting on their laurels. They think that they've they think that that um, they've done whatever they've done and they've done really well. And that the problem with I, I understand the exhaustion, right? Steve Saka talks to us literally about this every fucking year in right. the booth. He's like, I just don't know how much longer I can do this. And then yet he's the only he's one of the only few brands on there that has a bunch of stuff listed on the big but even board. most of his stuff is extensions or uh something that he's bringing national you know he's a couple he's bringing popetta national and red meat it was called national popetta that's just a regular production and uh, red meat it was called regular production national so it, it's these are things we've seen before they're not like we're seeing anything exciting uh you know you know and yeah Jay but says, i think Jay says we need less releases i get it but you know, people, you want people to buy at the trade show too. Okay. Okay. Do you really mean that, Jay? Do you really I, mean I, that? I can understand. I understand Jay's point on that. I understand that. Too. I, yeah, I, I, I understand I, when people say it. I I really don't believe anybody when they do. We, we've conditioned, we've been conditioned for 12 years to see exciting new products this year. And there are some, yeah. I'm not saying there aren't, but there isn't like we we're going to be doing our top five lists in a couple of weeks. They'll be published on Coop. So I don't want to say bear. What's the, I'm going to save that this, for the article we're going to do on that. Oh, that's right. I owe you that information. It should be a pretty yeah. easy list to put together. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's going to be an interesting. Do I have to do five? <laughs> no, you don't. If you don't come up with five, you don't come up with five. I, how um, can I come up with five? You know, um... I actually have five, but it's a weaker five compared to what I've seen. And um, the reason is because I tend to only put regular production on this list, and that's where I'm struggling right now. I, I, you know, because there's not the, there's just not this exciting. I, I, I probably, I mean, I may, yeah, you know, couple of these things that may be on the list are things that have been announced for months already. Is what I'm gonna say. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm disappointed. There is just no way around it. Well, Jay, Jay said that, yeah, he, he absolutely does because he says he's drowning in inventory and he needs quality over quantity. Sure, um, no, that's why I, I, under, I, I totally I, understand. I, I understand it. I can I understand, totally understand that. that. Yeah, I, I get it. If, if, if retailers are drowning in inventory, then maybe, that, maybe that's part of the problem yeah. in the sense that maybe, maybe, the brand, maybe brand, brand owners and manufacturers – need to support the brands that they've already made more so that they so that there could be more movement on the shelf and more more churn on the shelf then if yep. that's if that's really an issue and we're saying no don't create more we don't need any newer releases because what you've done is already kind of saturated our saturated yeah. our humidors then it's the first time in basically the history of our industry at least yeah. in recent memory that that has had that issue then then i don't think that's i don't think then that i don't I still, I still put the onus on the on the brand owners at that point. And that's a really blanket statement. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to catch some shit for that, and that's fine. But like, 
Okay, so if you're a brand owner and you've made the decision, okay, I'm not going to release any new, new, I'm not going to do anything new, right? So I'm not going to generate any excitement at the show. Yeah. I'm not going to generate anything, right? Generate any excitement for my customers, which is the retailers, and not generate any excitement for the consumers. Um, Because, like it or not, you know, whatever Jay's thoughts are about inventory and everything, like consumers get excited about new releases. They do. They don't get excited about line extensions. They don't. Uh, and they and don't, if that's a problem, if retailers are drowning in inventory, then they need to look to the manufacturers and say, hey, we need to move this stuff. And if you're not going to generate anything excitement to kind of get people to reinvigorate stuff about the brand, then they need to get they need to get rallied support yeah. for the stuff that they do have on the shelf then. Yeah. That's still a manufacturer problem. You know the amazing thing yesterday, Bear, uh, June nineteenth. I know it was a holiday for a lot of folks, but I'll still say it. We had no product announcements yesterday. There were no product announcements for June nineteenth. For looking less than three weeks for the show, yeah. those three weeks are a sprint for us. Uh, there was nothing yesterday. It was a, it was a it was a nothing burger in terms of of, of announcements. Um, Unless, you know, unless Charlie called someone up and was able to price something out of it. But I don't think he had anything out there yesterday, right? Do you, um, Coop, I want to ask you the question. Like, is do you think that that's a retailer problem? Do you think that's the retailer's fault? Of that, what? Like, to Jay's point, that, like, he's, like, that their retailers are drowning in inventory and, that like, the you know... I, no, I, I don't think it's, a, you know, I think, you know, I don't think Jay, it is. I don't think it's Jay's fault. I don't think it's Jay's problem. I, I don't think it's That's Jay's, not fault, Jay's fault. Yeah, I don't think it's his fault at all. I mean, the second question is where we're going to talk about uh, PCA exclusives. This is a lot of the problem we saw with the PCA exclusives every year. Is Like line extensions, torpedo, like, um, you know, is that enough to get someone like, I got to get uh, a little PCA torpedo to come to the trade show? I mean. Not doing handstands over that. No offense to crown heads. Um. So I, I I'm really surprised that that, uh, that crowned heads hasn't. I I I have a I have a funny feeling that there there's going to be something else. No, them. they have something else. They they Huber's been talking about it, but won't say what it is till he tells Charlie, right? But it's it's going to be the uh, there's something coming out of Ernesto's factory is what he said. Cool. So there is something else he's got. Yeah. Which that make that could change the table in the next three weeks. That's what I'm saying. They, That's why I don't they've want been ahead of the it. curve like the last few years. This is a little late for them too. So like if people are waiting, yeah, and Danny's just talking about for. stuff with like bands getting bands, and, and when you can't get bands, you can't do photo stuff or anything. So it's tough, and you don't want to have photos and stuff. Okay. Like yeah. All right. Let's move to the next question because this ties into it. So on the Thursday media panel, the media panel unanimously destroyed the PCA exclusive series. Uh, everyone kind of thought it took a step back. We don't know what, what, what's happening with it. Barry, you have been much more of a defender of the PCA exclusive program. So sure. there's been a couple of P since then, there's been a few PCA announcements and I've noticed they've all been flowing through the PCA. And for some reason, the media is not being told about them, which is weird. Uh, but I saw there was an illusioni one that, uh, was announced, um, which uh, will be coming up on Coop, and then I saw one other, uh, which which is, it's so exciting that it's actually drawing my, uh, it's it's you know, um, the La Polina, which I haven't gotten. I asked them for that one as well. The one that's being done at Oliva. Yeah, which actually is an interesting project. Uh, that's 
Uh, yeah, that actually is one of the more interesting PCA releases I've seen. I'm going to be of the PCA releases this year. The La Polina one is the most uh, is the most uh, interesting one that I've seen. Yeah. So what's your what's your question, Cooper? What do you so, ask? So my question is, has the PCA exclusive series taken a step back this year? I know my answer is going to give you so much joy, which is just it, it fucking hurts me to say right. this, right? Right. Mostly not not because of the the fact of what it is, just because I know it's going to bring you so much joy. Because I know we've gotten into so much beef over the last couple of years. Yes, I I absolutely agree with that. It has taken a step back. Um, it's been a terrible I, step back this year. It's been I think it was a major step back. The only the only two companies that I could think of that gave ample notice to their retailers was Tatawahe and Fuente. That was mm-hmm. it. That was it. I mean, you're coming out. You're making these announcements less than three weeks before the trade show. Like, why? Like, why couldn't you know? And and to Scott Pierce's credit, he's very bullish on the program. He believes in the programs, and he believes sure. it can succeed. But in my opinion. The PCA should just get out of it, right? And and just encourage the retailers and, and not the retailers, the manufacturers and have them do it on their own. Because to me, this doesn't make any sense anymore. And I think it's gonna be a bigger problem next year with the shorter window. See, this is well, see, this is where you and I will disagree with this, Coop. I think I think you're I, I think you're ha- okay. You and I both agree that it's taking a step back. Okay. First of all, you it that's saying something for you because you've you were kind of never really on board with it to begin with. But last so, year I thought it moved I thought it moved forward last year. I did think they took a step forward what? last year. Okay, this that's news to me. You never said oh, that bec- before. Because because they had the showcase area with it. Uh I think Luciano had some really good PCA releases last year. Uh I think it's crown heads. I think they had some good PCA. Why didn't you say this last year? I did. But I, I'm not saying it was when I say step forward, right? It didn't take like it wasn't like it, it had a lot more to go is what I'm gonna say. Okay. It had a lot. It was not that first year was a, was a, was atrocious. Last year was okay. This year it's gone back to atrocious. Uh, okay. If you're gonna throw the word atrocious on it, that belongs to this year and this year exclusively. The first year wasn't atrocious. Right. It was handled. Yeah. Not ideally, and yeah. you could blame that on the timetable of the yeah. trade show. They didn't yeah. even know the trade show was going to happen. Yeah. The second year was a really nice step forward, and it was building on something, yeah. which is why this year is really disappointing. Yeah. Um. But I, 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 I Coop, I think you're really just I. The, the thing I think where you and I will disagree until we see a little bit more history is I think the sample size of what we're talking about in the realm of like you like to dog or compare PCA exclusive to TAA exclusives, which you right. have been continual critic of. And look, I'm not far behind you on the TAAs. Um, I think they have a, they have a special place to a certain extent. Right. I think it's a few, I think it's a few or e- even more than a few manufacturers that water down the TAA exclusivity to it. I don't think that it's a fair comparison comparing TAA exclusives to PCA exclusives because the sample size is so much more skewed. Skewed towards um, who? Skewed towards who? TAA. TAA's history. It's, it's, it's been longer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Aaron Loomis gave the quote of the day last week. He said, I can't imagine anyone doing a worse job with – and this is not directed directly at PCA. 
it's directed at the manufacturers. I can't imagine anyone doing a worse job than how the manufacturers have handled the TAA exclusives. The PCA has done it. I mean, the fact that I've, I've seen three PCA releases announced this week and the media is not being told. I understand they want to go to PCA with this. Someone's got to tell the media about these releases. If you want to promote these releases as a distinguishing factor of the trade show, it's absolutely been handled atrociously. Um, it, it has. Crown Heads, was, was, Crown Heads, Pete, and Fuente were the only three who communicated to the media about their releases. It's been it's been terrible. I mean, I didn't I wasn't excited. Do you about think that that's more? Do you think that's OK? Hold on. Yeah. So let's take a step back here. So you're so you're basing you're basing like atrocious handling based on like the communication to the media. Do you. OK. Isn't it possible? A, isn't uh-huh. it possible that the PCA. Whether they're right or they're wrong is under the impression that this is their message to communicate and it's not really they haven't communicated it they're 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 have they're putting it on their own blog and i don't have isn't that communicating it's they're competing with us i i I think that's a separate i think that's a separate argument yeah like for example i can i can't unless i get here's the problem here's the la polina example is a great case study okay why this is a problem so it's on the PCA website. Now, if I don't get the, I, I reached out to La Polina for permission to get the press release and the photos, right? I can't go track. I can't go pull the photos down from PCA. So tomorrow I'm going to have to put an article up without the photos, which sucks because the photos are what make that La Polina story. I think the, what they did with La Polina is something I've been looking for them to do for years. They kind of okay, got back so, to some, yeah. So maybe well, we're talking about two separate things because I see that as a separate issue. Yeah, maybe it is. Oh, that's a fair point. And I'll get it. That's a fair point. I just hate the fact that I can't get a response back from, you know, someone on it. But but, yeah, that's been the problem. Like, you know, you know. Yeah. To go, to go back to the original question, I think we we kind of diverted. We, we kind of. Yeah. yeah. We diverted off the, I, to go back to the original question, I think that it I think it's taken a major step back. I think that they really need to. They're going to I think they're going to see that it was a major step back. I think they're going to reevaluate and then come March. We should have a. We should uh, see an improvement on it, but I think I would, it's unfair. I think it's unfair to say like the PCA exclusives needs to be thrown in the trash. I, I think it's I think that's I, I, no. Here's what I'll say. Don't throw it in the trash. PCA, get out of doing coordinating this stuff because the manufacturers don't want you coordinating. It's clear to some extent uh, and have um just have the encourage the companies to promote it on their own like any other release. Kind of what Crown Heads did. Crown Heads did it the right way. They, they they announced it and they sent a, a media uh, press release out to it. Uh, but I don't think you need to have I don't think PCA needs to do anything else but just kind of encourage companies to do this. Don't formalize the program. I, I, I think it's just too much work for them. They have other things they need to be doing that are more important than this. And one could argue that they have been doing a better job at more important things. And they have been. Yeah. And, and I know they're a little short staffed right now because they had someone leave. So, I mean, I want, but yeah, I, and they, yeah, they're doing a lot of good things. This is, but I just think they don't need to, this is like hoarding cats. That was the word I used on Thursday night. Hoarding or hurting? Did I say hoarding? Hurting. Hurting. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah. I did say hoarding, but uh, <laughs> I was like, well, it doesn't sound like they're hoarding so, much of anything. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I, the answer is, I don't think it needs to go in the trash. I just think it needs, they need to reevaluate how they're administering it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. 
All right, let's go to our next question. Is the Boutique Cigar Association making the most of the opportunity that they have at the trade show this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I've had one company reach out to me asking me, hey, how can I, how, what, what can you promote on us? And they didn't have a new release. Uh, and I said, tell me what you got. And I'll put a, a quick article together. And it was a company called Conscious Cigars, a guy named Kevin uh, Brown, who I'm very appreciative of that. But I, I've seen nothing um, other than come to my booth. Like that's Correct. not yeah. I mean, you have an opportunity to talk about your products, talk about your story to get people to come to the booth. Because there's been a couple emails I've had from companies come to my booth. It's not the answer, guys. I mean, and so I think the I've been critical of the BCA, but what I will give them credit and bear, I think it is a good thing that there's a pavilion set up there. But now it's up to these companies yes. to make the most of it, and I'm not seeing it right now. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, but I think that that unfortunately has historically, I, I think historically that's been the bag that BCL's BCA is held onto is that there, uh, you and I both know, and we've talked about it, the mm-hmm. communication of the BCA to its consumer base. But this is, this is the company, but now this is deal. I agree. And I think, it, but I think it has gotten better this year. I'll say that. But this is this is the BCA shouldn't have to do the company's job to promote their own products. They they what their job was is to get the pavilion and provide a framework that is cost effective for these companies to come to the trade show. They've done okay, that. yeah, okay. Devil's advocate uh-huh. here. Um, I'm not saying your point's invalid. Right. Here's my point with this. It's my understanding, and tell me if you disagree with me, that the BCA right. was formed. To, in order to support these smaller, these much smaller boutique micro, you could even call them micro boutique brands, to give them a collective voice against the right. the, the 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 bigger, the badder, the louder majority of the industry. Is that not correct? Correct. Okay, so if that's the mission of the BCA, shouldn't the BCA be communi- or making a stronger effort to communicate more about these smaller brands? I think Kevin, you know, to Kevin's point about of conscious cigars, like Kevin reaching out to you is very proactive and that's great, you know, and you, you you gave him some coverage, which was, I'm sure he was very grateful for. Yeah. And I was glad to do it by the way. Yeah. And glad. Yeah. So shout out to Kevin for doing, doing his part on that. Absolutely. But a lot of the, if you look at the list of, of, of companies that are in the BCA pavilion, these, these companies are one, two man shows and part, you know, they're partnering with many, you know, fa- you know, factories and things like that to get their scars made, but they don't have the resources that like, even like, let's take, let's take Steve Saka, for example, Dunbar right. and tobacco and trust. He's a very small family run business. You know, his wife, Cindy does a lot of the work, you know, he's got Dave Lafferty that does something and he relies heavily on a lot of things, including God, blood, sweat, and tears and hours of work that he puts in. He's a smaller company, right? But he even has resources that he can allocate. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, if I'm dic- not dictate, um, what the, f- why can't I, why am I brain farting on this word? Coop, help me out. Oh, not when you, when you designate someone else to do it, delegation delegation right yeah so steve has steve and steve who's a much as a very small family-owned business has resources that he can delegate to to get some to take some things off of his shoulders 
the companies in the BCA, if you look at that list, don't have that, don't have that luxury. They can't afford that luxury. And that's what the BCA is supposed to be. And if BCA yeah, I get that. Okay, I, that part I get, yeah, I get that. So I that's that's my point. So like, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll give you Yeah, the- sure, sure. They can all fall in line with what Kevin did with you, and that's great. But what? maybe they don't have the time and or, or the resources to I, I be able to do it. I don't buy that time or resource piece though. Okay. And I'll give you a a, a, a case study of someone who is basically a one man show and always finds a way to communicate with us, and that is HVC. Rainier Lorenzo is the closest thing to a one-man show out there. He is he is running a factory, he's running a brand, and now he's got a distribution warehouse, and he always finds a time to tell us about his releases. I mean, it is okay. it, it, so. True. So I don't. If you don't have the time, honestly, I have the time to write the article. <laughs> like so, this is not hard. This is your brand here. I mean, hey, yeah, you know, right. But Ren- I think you and I will both agree that HVC is a much larger and more significant company than Conscious Cigars. I I think now yes, because he's got multifast. But I'm just saying, it's larger. But he's a one man show. I don't think he's got like he may have a fat. I mean, he's very involved with all facets of that. Sure. Yeah, I mean that that's my point on that. So So we'll see. I mean, I don't know like I said, it's uh, you know, like I said I'm grateful for who reached out to me. I'm not even saying you have to reach out to me. Just like when you send out these like some of the companies are going into the email uh like database for PCA and they're sending out uh things come to my come to my booth. Like I think you just got to put a little like in that email put hey like if, if, you know, I'll use conscious cigars. Put out. He didn't put out an email, but what I would put in email. Here are my five lines. Here's a quick synopsis of, of my brand. I'm based in Tampa. I'm a minority-owned company. I'm trying to promote diversity and inclusion. And here are the stories behind my five cigars. And two free. This is this is basic blocking and tackling. I mean, here to, to come into a trade show. With. I mean, this is not. This it, is not to quote, I don't mean to. So to, okay, so to this okay, is not so rocket science here. How well, okay, so to use Omar and Rainier, who are two one-man shows, right? Right. Omar's got, a few, Omar's got a few more people. Omar's got okay, a, a so marketing guy. Yeah. The, but also, those two are also seasoned folks in this. I mean, the BCA brands, again, some of them have been around for a while, but not to this extent. They don't necessarily know how to do it. Where, where I see some of the things happening, this is where you may be right, Bear. That made me need. I mean, they have a. They needed to give these companies some coaching. Maybe they and have. And that's it. what the. And maybe that's what the, the fucking BCA should be doing for them. Now that's my fair. In my in fairness, we don't know if they've done that or not. That's that's what I'm saying. We don't know. On the surface, it doesn't the, seem like the, that. Okay, so the initial question to me, you, you posed to me, was has the BCA done the most of the opportunity? And I agree. Here? We agree. And absolutely the answer, not. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. Yep. And if, but so we'll say this. There's two ways to answer that question. Have the BCA companies done the most? No. And I think have you said that as a BCA, I don't is the answer is I don't know on that because maybe they did that and it went in one ear and out the other with these companies. Maybe they did. That's why I don't want to say they did or didn't do it. Sure. Yeah. You want some hot takes? I'm giving them to you, man. No, this so, is good. Yeah. This is good. This is fire, man. That's why I was wish you were here. Uh all right. Here's the next fourth question of the five. Will anyone in the cigar media besides Cigar Coop, Half Wheel, and Cigar Aficionado cover Oliver and Laura this year at the trade show? Will any other me- media entities other than Half Wheel, Cigar Aficionado, and the Cigar Coop Coalition cover Oliva and or La Aurora this year? Yes, yes. Uh, 
I think Law Roar will get more traffic across more media brands than Oliva will, to answer your question. Okay. So Oliva traditionally has been terrible with the cigar media. As much as I praise Oliva and I love their so, products, they've been terrible. I think at. I think that's I think that's part of I think that's part of the equation here, Coop. So like yeah. um each year that we've gone to Oliva, um we they've been more than accommodating. Oh, this came up once we get there. When and, I heard we've been they went out of the way to help us last year. Right. But we but Okay, so in 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 fairness and in, in in criticism of it, like they're they're not okay. So I keep throwing it back to like Steve as an example of this. Steve makes it a, a very large point of one of his roles at the trade show is to sit down with media and right. to get his messaging out there. That's a priority of his. He's made that very clear. He's he's an example. He's probably the extreme example of being welcoming over communicating with the media etc right right Right. he's like the extreme example i would argue that aliva is probably on the opposite side of that spectrum they don't they they don't push you away they're not being you know uh, obnoxiously truculent they don't they're they're not being snobs or exclusive about it they'll welcome you in but it's a process like each time that we've gone and i've been we're i'm very grateful to them they've been like i said last year was Last year was incredible, but it took it took a little bit of work and several steps to get us in front of the right and people, will, which they were more than willing to do. Which was great. One, yeah, it was not like, oh, these guys are here again. It was, in fact, the guy yes. the guy we needed to interview who's the guy who's running the uh, Cuba Aliados piece. He was uh, on a phone call with something going. On. He's from Europe and he was going on dealing with something in Europe. But they got to him, and the second he was done, he came over and helped us. So yeah. And that they, was great. And yeah, that's, and La, exa- and La, that's an example of what we're talking about. Yeah, and La Aurora, we've always gotten uh, – I mean, it was under Miami, so we'll see what happens this year with them. But, I mean, we've always gotten uh, really good support from them. Uh, but I don't even see media guys try to go to these booths, right? Um, so that it's just puzzling. You know, I mentioned on the show – we had, and I don't want to name the company on here, but we had one company last year that, that kind of blew us off. Um, but we did I, – I, I got an apology from that company, so – I just want to say it hap- It sometimes does happen, uh, and I, and, it, and that's why I didn't. I'm not calling the company out. They 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 in person apologized to me, um, and I don't know if it will happen again or not. But we did get an apology, so it, it happens. Um, and like I said, some companies, you know, like Oliva is just not set up like um, Drew Estate was. They're not set up like uh, you know some of these other companies were. So, um, like I said, it happens at a trade show. Uh, and, you know, I think one year people blew me off and he apologized to me. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it does happen, um, you know, and that's just uh, that's just the way it goes with that. So I, I don't see what happens. I hope they don't cover those booze. You know, I would more more traffic for us, more for us. <laughs> yeah. All right. I actually have two more questions. I'm going to throw a wild card at the end. I'm going to throw my own curveball at you at the end. Oh, so God. The, last, the last question. And I have the, the, the curveball. Can the PCA trade show flourish outside of Las Vegas? Because I think all indications are 2024 will be the last trade show in Las Vegas for a while, maybe at least at least for one year. Um, can it flourish going to New Orleans? I think I think the the fair way to answer that question is it's to be determined. I think okay. that's the fair way. I think okay. that's the fair way to answer that question. 
if you want me to be unfair about it, um, I think we have. And by the way, I think that is the right answer. Just so you know, I I don't disagree. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, the biggest problem with anything, Coop, when you're talking about in terms of the framework, the way that you frame this question is, can it flourish? I, I think the, the 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 positive person inside of me says absolutely. It has the opportunity. It just needs to be handled well. Because the one thing that the one thing that human nature has taught us is that we hate change. Yeah, but the difference is the, there is a baseline though. We, there was a 2015 trade show in New Orleans that many people consider to be disastrous, right? And it was not a good experience. Um, what I will say is. Scott Pierce is now has a, there's a new regime in charge of there. And if anyone can try to make the most of New Orleans, and, and if you listen to the show with Scott, there, there's things they're trying to do, and the board is trying to do, that I'm willing to say, let's wait and see. I don't think they're going to get a grow. I think they're going to have to weather a New Orleans storm and hopefully just not have a bad trade show. Uh, if they decide to stay there longer term, you know, or go back, you know, if they just try to go back to Las Vegas, maybe they'll try to go back to I think they want to go back to Las Vegas is would be my feeling. But I don't think I think their hand is being forced with this one. I just don't think they have a place to do the trade show next uh, 2025 in, in Las Vegas. So I, I'm mm-hmm. willing to kind of say with this regime, if PCA who has done a very, very good job with the things I heard from Scott, uh there's a venue he talked about. There's an area they can they, I think they're gonna try to make this a better experience than than the old regime of uh, uh Mark Purcell I'm I'm, I'm still honestly I'm still pissed that we're giving money to a city that's outright like basically I, made an enemy of our industry, uh, but that's fine. I, I, I have that same feeling. I think I'll, uh, I'll I, die I'll die on that hill. So I, I I'll, like I so. think what they should have done, what this is me and, and I would have waited till twenty twenty six to move the trade show. And I would have kept it in Vegas in July for a couple more years. But let's be real. They got three companies back because they moved the trade show. I mean, those are all you heard it from Raphael. We heard it in the Drew State press conference and we heard it from SDG. All three of them cited that that trade show move to March was absolutely a, a, a factor. So that tells me a lot that, you know, you know, and you need those companies back at the trade show. They need those companies back at the trade show. Whether Davidoff comes back, I don't know. But they needed those companies, and they and they did it. All right, you ready for your curveball? Oh, God, here we go. So this was a question that was asked to the group on Thursday night, and it's called the Dave Burke Now or Never question. And you're familiar with that question or no? No. Okay, so Dave Burke came up with this on Jukebox. And he his, his question, he asked this about companies. So in particular with the trade show, is there a company that's going to the trade show that absolutely has to have a big trade show or they're going to have a rough year or rough times ahead? I came up with one in particular. And it's a but but um, is there a company out there if they don't go if they just don't get it done in the trade show? And let's not go BCA. I think that's I don't want to call it BCA companies here. But is there a company if they absolute if they absolutely don't get it done this year, they could have a rough. I don't want to say they're going to go out of business. They're not, but they're going to have a rough go. They don't have a good trade show. In terms of sales, in terms of activity, um, and I there's one company that really stood out for me this year. With it, 
I'll tell you mine if you want. Just uh... no, I mean, I have one. I think I, but I think I'm wrong as long as there's as long as there's this particular person in place at the company. So here's the answer to my question. Okay. Is Agador sleeve? Wow. Um, wow. Okay. I okay. don't think they'll, but but to 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 counter my point, I don't think that that company will ever have a problem so long as Terrence Riley isn't. It has a position at that. Look, company. I think all three. I think there's good leadership, but they had a lot of activity at that booth last year. That that's they did. They did. So, but I can understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I. I think with I think with like very few exception to I think a lot of collectively there's a there's a really strong opinion about the cigars that are that are coming out of Aganors at this time. And I mean, you have to look at like defections, like, you know, Rainier's not, Rainier Renzo isn't talking crap about, you know, taps or anything like that. But I mean, there's a reason he opened his own factory. Yep. You know, um, you know, there's a reason Dion is going to AJ to make a cigar. You know, do we really think it's the manufacturing load? That they're not able to, that Taps is not able to accommodate those brands. Oh no! So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think, don't yeah. think I don't think they'll ever have a problem so long as Terrence Riley has a job there, because I think that I think that guy's incredible. But I also so I think I'm respect. I think I'm wrong. So I have a lot of respect yes. for Paul Palmer though too. So I have a lot of respect. I, Paul Palmer is the reason that ta- that Agonor Sleeve exists today. Yeah, that man, that, that man is, a, that man is incredible. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm not trying to whack whack walk back my statement. The the family, the the, the Fernandez family. Yeah. You know, Eduardo and Max. They they're they're icons. That that family is iconic in the industry. And I don't want to be disrespectful to the, the impact that they've had on this this industry and the, the their 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 place in history among it. But they do have a problem right now. They do have a problem. What Paul has done again. Paul was the precursor to Terrence and and there's a there's a reason why they are a staple and why JFR is a staple on every shelf in this country. Yeah. And that, that has everything to do with Paul. Yep. Um they do. And I think a lot of their operations getting them set up in the US was was very key with Paul. Paul filled the marketing role for a while. He just he had a lot on his plate. He couldn't so yeah, Terrence is a full time job what Terrence does. Um, yes, I do. I do. Okay, I, I have. A, so I have another one. I have another one too. Okay, go ahead. Ashton. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. I said this a few years ago. Uh huh. Um, and so far, so far, I mean, nothing has happened to basically its way. Now they have a new release coming out this year, but again, it's not to the Ashton name. This is, uh, I think, San Cristobal and La Roma de Cuba do a great, you know, do great things for the Ashton and the 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 Levine family, right? As a whole, right? That's yeah. that's part of their. Yep. So, but Coop, there was a time when I was coming up in this business that the name Ashton was synonymous with, with like Davidoff, Padrone. Yep, Padrone. It was it like you. Any, if you were a retailer worth your salt, you had Ashton White Label on your shelves. 
Yep. Like it, it had this, this kind of mystique and a certain air about it that kind of just carried with it. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. Ashton VSGs are just as good as they've ever been. Ashton white labels are just as good as they've ever been. And that's great. And then, and, and, and that there's a credit there to be given to for sure to the Fuente family and the Levine family for putting out a consistent product for decades. I'm, I'm not, I'm not begrudging them at all for that. But, you know, what we, the initial question at this segment was talking about the lack of innovation that we've seen, that we're seeing right now as, a, as an industry. I, I would love to that's, see someone Ashton brand. Yes. That's I, been Ashton's, that's been Ashton's problem for the last few years, man. They haven't done anything. And if you're going to talk to me about symmetry, everyone knows my opinion about that cigar. Yep. There's not, and everyone, anyone can have their certain opinion about the cigar and how it tastes and how it smokes and everything like that. No one in this country can tell me that symmetry was a fucking banger for them on the shelves. No retailer in this country can tell me that it flies for them. It doesn't. Please no, tell me. I'll wait. Nine years since they released an Ashton product. And nine it was a years. failure. It was it, a failure. It, nine years and that brand hasn't grown. I mean, you could tell me you like the cigar. I, I'm sorry, I don't see Ashton Symmetry talked about like with some of these iconic releases. Like you're gonna compare Ashton Symmetry to David of Nicaragua, it's not even close. It's not even it's not even worse. That's laughable, Coop, to laughable. even put it it's in the laugh, same conversation. It's laughable. You, you you bear your term is is a hundred percent on with this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So but I don't know I don't know if there's rough times ahead for them either. That, I don't yeah, like you well you're you, you you qualified it with saying they're not going to go bankrupt. They're not going to go bankrupt. No, they're not going to. But yeah. but the time the time that the time that where Ashton was a brand you had to carry on your shelf in order to be viable. It it the brand unfortunately does not command the respect that it did a decade ago. It doesn't. Yep. And it and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the Levine family. I'm really not. Because their their place in history um, will always have my respect. Oh, absolutely! What they've the impact that they've had on the industry and what they've done for us has paved the way for hundreds of brands, some yeah. failures and some successes along the way. Um, you know, you could even you could even draw comparisons to the way that Pete with Tatawahe has partnered with someone like Pepin is kind of modeled in the same fashion that Levine partnering with Fuente, right? Yep. You could, you could kind of even draw that linear comparison there. Like they paved the way for brands like Tatawahe and other, you know, other contemporaries of that age. John Huber's another one, right? You know, Crown Heads. You know, uh, uh, Tim Osdener talked to this about uh, talked to us about this very same point at the Great Smoke, right? Finding the right partners is the most important key thing. Trust is the most important thing, and when you have something like that, you're going to build you're going to build something long lasting. And Levine has certainly done that with Ashton. But the point is, is that they just haven't done anything with it. They're it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, I go. Dave Burke came up with this question. I want to say back in two thousand, before he was with Jukebox with us, and he had his, he had the regular cigar Jukebox podcast. Um, I remember two thousand seventeen, he posed this question to us, 
And his answer was Alec Bradley. And lo and behold, in 2018, Alec Bradley goes into the trade show and they knocked it out of the park that year. They had the they had the blind face release and they had and the, the magic toast. To- and the toast. Magic toast yeah. It changed the whole it changed the whole direction of that company after that. So they did. They did go into it. And Dave says, that's the power of the now or never. He says. So he was kind of happy that they turned it around, actually. That that year, probably single handedly, if you talk about the price point that they sold to SGD at with 70 plus million dollars. Right. That year, single handedly, probably raised that selling price. I don't want to say 20 or 30 million dollars. I don't know if it's that much, but it definitely raised it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can quantify it. But you know they were, you know they were, they had some duds, and, you know, like post embargo never worked out for them. Uh, Coil never took off the way they wanted it to. Mondial, we all love Mondial, but the same thing that kind of didn't take off. But I mean, 2018 was a big turning point with that company. There's no question, mm-hmm. and I believe yes that it in the end of sale was valued from the the actions they've taken the last five years. There's no question about that. It. it, it uh, I, I I'm not gonna say, I can't quantify an amount, but I'll just say I think it it, it plays into that. Um, yeah, well, Jay brings up an interesting point about like J.C. Newman la- lapping, you know, Ashton, right? So that they ha- they have. so let's take another let's take another example. Let's take another company that does doesn't do much by the way of innovation in the terms of like new product, right? It's right behind you, Coop. But Nick and his but, team there but have. They're always engaging, Perdomo. They're right. always, in, yeah. They're that's that's the and difference. Are, that's what I'm talking are, about. Yeah, and they still have enough innovation. They just don't oversaturate it. Mm. Like they're gonna have the thirtieth from all I've saw is gonna be on display this year. A thousand percent, and that's yeah. I think that's that's. But even if it, but Coop, even if it wasn't there, yeah. there the the Perdomo and Ashton are not even in the same conversation. Yeah, in terms of like like. Like their model is very similar, right? Very, very little change in terms of product development yeah. at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. Um. Their major, their major innovating points, their major releases were years ago, right? Yeah. But Perdomo has been doing smaller things recently and everything like that. Nick has a much more, at least from my perspective, Nick's, Nick's quest is is perfection each and every day and that's and it's it's about it's about his father's legacy it's about his family legacy and it's about his son and the next generation that's what nick's building towards can you tell me levine has a second generation that's working that's that's in that's involved in the business but can you tell me what ashton's identity is at this point in 2023 nope Nope. To me, they seem like a contract plan with Fuente and my father. That's all it seems like to me. A large contract brand. And that's just sad. It is, because it's an iconic brand. Yes. Yeah. Like, we just talked about, like, what Raphael and his team have done with some of these brands like Monte Cristo. And I'll say this. Before he got there, they were a little bit in the same, except they're not a contract brand, but... You know, now they're starting to really tell the stories of these brands. Um, I'll give you mine. If you didn't hear it, but some folks may have heard it. Mine was La Aurora. 
and the reason why is is that it's a unique side. So, La Aurora, you know, they were at Miami, and then they decided to go to sell to consumer. And I don't care what anyone says, that was a, that was a disaster. It did not take off. I think they miss they they misfired the uh, execution of that model. Uh, it just wasn't done well, and that's why now they're trying to now start their own distribution in the U.S. to get back back to go. They are not going to get a second chance with retailers here. They don't knock this one out of the park at the trade show. They've got to knock something out. I mean, I know they're going to have the 120 cigar. Um, it's it's more than just innovation with them. They have to reestablish a trust factor with the industry, with their retailers on this. And that's going to be a challenge for them. They have they they are not going to get a second year to do this. Maybe they will because of the shorter window. But if they if they come out misfiring, I don't think it's going to be good for them at all. They and and I w- I was hoping to see a little more from them, uh, just in terms of them getting people excited about being at the trade show and all that. I know they're still building their retail force, but but to me it just seems a little quiet. And I'm rooting for you. Don't understand? You know what I feel about La Aurora. Sure. They make they make my favorite cigar of all time. They make some of the best cigars. I love Manuel and Noah. I'm rooting for them, but this is a make or break, I think, for them this year. They have to reestablish that trust. Got some good conversation here. You know, we you know our show has more people now than I think it had earlier. You talk PCA, yeah. talk PCA, yeah. But no one cares about PCA. You Nobody cares. Oh, we talk too much about the PCA. You guys talk too much about the PCA trade show. There's more drama there around this trade show um, than any soap opera that's on in the afternoon. There is more drama. <laughs> with, tell me I'm wrong on that because I'm not. There, there's these soap operas, the Span. I'll even say the Spanish and the English ones. Right? There is more drama <laughs> around this trade show. People can't get enough of it. Most of these, but a lot of artists can't even go, and they can't get enough of this stuff. It's funny. All right. So I think we're at the end of the show here. Um, so one, again, first of all, I want to thank Raphael Nodell again um, for his support, him coming on the show tonight. Um, it, it meant a lot um, to do that. And um, second, um, thank you, Bear. Third is I just want to announce we're um, the next couple of weeks on primetime, we're doing the Virtual Trade Expo. Um, we have filled up the second week already. Every slot is filled up. We have two slots open on, on next Thursday. Um, I'm not going to be the one to say that slots are going fast. <laughs> they actually slowed down a bit, but we had a few more people sign up this week. So, um, you de- and, and folks aren't familiar with the Virtual Trade Expo. It's a simple concept. We, we give every company who signs up a 15-minute slot to give us an elevator pitch of what they're releasing at the trade show. It is that simple. Um, and we've had a lot of fun doing that over the past few years. Uh, and we have some really uh, good names that are scheduled for this Thursday. So I'm, I'm going to say scheduled to appear. All right. And what I mean by that is things can change, guys. Uh, we have Hector Alfonso of Espinosa, Brian Matola of Cavalier, Husto Rowe of JRE, Pete Johnson of Tatawai, James Brown of Oveja Negra. Casey Hogan of, of Crux, Enrique Sanchez of 1502. We have uh, the EP Carrillo team of Jerry Grip and Dave Spirit going to be on. Uh, we're either going to have Rick or Sarah Rodriguez from West Tampa. We're going to have uh, Cigar Hustle and Mike 
And uh, Ed Trevino from Luciano Cigars is going to be on. So uh, that's going to be the first week. And like I said, things could change. So keep it in mind. Sometimes we've had a few things change around. So uh, Did Steve take up the last slot on week two? Steve, Steve's got the weekend midnight show. Um, yes. Yeah, so Steve on week two has the midnight show. So, uh, yes. So uh, find out what he's going to do with this chubby. Oh, man, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> So, yeah, we have the, the 29th show. Steve always has asked for that midnight slot. <laughs> so, uh, we, But we have every slot filled up. One is a little bit in flux, uh, but the company asked us to hold it, so I think we're going to get it. But otherwise, everyone else, I think, is uh, – and I'll read off those names uh, on Thursday just because I want to make sure we have everything firmed up. All right. So that's going to do it, Bear. Uh, welcome back. It's good to have you back. Uh, oh, we have another thing. We're going to be doing, and I think we're going to do this on the Smoking Syndicate pair. We have that Macanudo, uh, not Mac, did I say Macanudo? I'm sorry, the Diesel. We're going to be doing that Diesel smoke um, with Justin next week. Yeah, on the 28th, right? On, on the 28th. Uh, I think we're going to do it on the, I'll, I want to confirm it with Ben. I, I think we're going to do it under a Smoking Syndicate. Uh, and that is going to be the Whiskey Row Founders Collection. Uh, we'll be smoking and drinking the liquor. And I think we're going to have the whole coalition there that night. So I think we'll probably do it as a syndicate or a round table. I'll talk to Ben, let him make the call on that. So, but yeah, there will be a show next Wednesday for us. And then I think bear, this will be the last special edition until after the trade show based on schedules at this point. So um, I think, uh, but we'll have uh, plenty of opportunities to tune in. Yep. And then bear, I, I, I messaged you about a big show we have for special edition locked up okay so uh yeah I, but I'll, i don't want to announce it yet so just but i messaged you early today on it yeah i don't think you'll be unhappy with it so all right but that's going to wrap up primetime special edition 142 into the annals of history for thursday june 20th now wednesday june 21st on the east coast take care everybody and we'll see you next time see you next time everybody